Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Media. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today. Welcome to episode 77 of Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. I'm really sweaty to start off this episode, so <laughs> let me just dish it over to my boy, Lord Cognito, because I'm I'm still cooling off on the gym, man. I'm, yeah. I'm still red in the face. The hair is frizzy. I'm coming in hot. Coming in hot, man. Fresh workout. That's yeah. good. Health is wealth, though. That means you're doing yeah, good. Yeah. You snuck it in before oh, yes. the show, so I respect yes. that. I've done that before, mm-hmm. and you feel good, because what it is, you got what was important out the way, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, from yourself, physical. But yeah, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Back in the mix. The Dukes are back. A lot to talk about, man. I'm excited for this episode. What about you? Man. I'm, per- I'm pretty excited. We got a lot of follow-ups from the audience. At first, it was looking like a light show, but I want to just shout out the audience. Y'all came through, asked a lot of different questions for this episode. Originally, I just want to let everyone know the patron question form was empty, but then we had 60 write-ins out of nowhere. So thank you all. Appreciate you. You make this show happen. Speaking of which, for those of you who are patrons, you are writing in, Defining Duke Ultimate Episode 73, available right now for all of you to listen to. Me and Cog teamed up to talk about a new era of Xbox JRPGs. Cog, what is the rating on this episode, my friend? Love that episode. That was one of those ones where, let's be honest, as gamers, we always complain, they need to, and this better happen or else. And it's like, you got to give 
people that flowers when they make strides in the direction that you criticize them. And is everything yes, yes. perfect? No. <laughs> but, but they have really made some strides. I like that episode. We focused in JRPGs. You got a little persona talk, some history. You know what I'm saying? We really hit it from a lot of angles. So, highly recommend. You already know how I feel about Ultimates. I feel our like Ultimates some of our best focused work. And I think people should really uh, check it out. Yeah, available on patreon.com slash Media, where you can also get early access ad-free to this show. Goes live on Thursdays. Otherwise, we'll see you on free feeds on Sundays. We got a lot of funny write-ins this week, but first, some serious ones. Andrew Rem writes in, My fine dukes, it's been a while since I've written in, and unfortunately, today's write-in is about an issue I've recently discovered with my Series X that is apparently pretty common for both Series S and X users. And Cog, I, I picked this one because I thought... You would probably find this interesting since you travel with your console a lot more than I do. He said, bear with me on this long writing because I think it's very important to the Xbox community. I travel quite often, and even though the Series X is rather beefy, I often bring it with me so I can still game while in hotels. I just got back from two different trips, and after finally getting home, I go to set up my Series X back in my living room only to discover a major issue. I'm not great on the exact names of what part is damaged, but essentially, when having the Series X stand up, the part of the HDMI connective chips within the HDMI port, or whatever the connective part is called, is now frayed and damaged. At times, I can still get a connection from the port to the TV, but it often bumps me down to 480p resolution or doesn't connect at all. Upon researching this online, I discovered it is a common defect that occurs for Series S and X users that travel often or move their Xbox around frequently. It's a glaring issue that needs to be addressed by Microsoft. For my own situation, I am, of course, a few months out of my one-year warranty, so I'm not sure how I'll handle it. This sucks, by the way. I think word on the issue needs to be spread around the Xbox community so users are aware. Using a cheap HDMI port that naturally wears and tears from common usage is a lousy move by Microsoft. I've been with them since the original Xbox, and on my 360s, Xbox One, and One X, I've never had any issues with the HDMI ports, even though I frequently moved it around. And I can attest to this in a different way. While I don't travel with my Series X, there's been times where I've had a 480p image appear on my console and uh, multiple resets, and I'm like, nothing's mm. really working here. And I thought maybe it was something to do with like a handshake problem with my Elgato 4K capture, but it's never been that. Just suddenly it starts working, and I toss my hands and go like, all right, cool. I, it works out at least. But uh, I, I can attest to this being a thing, and uh, I wanted to know if you had any experience, Cog, if you knew about this at all When as someone who travels a lot with the little man. <laughs> yeah, I travel with the little man a lot. Unfortunately, the reason why I guess I haven't experienced it is that I'm exempt because I have the X screen, and mm. the X screen goes over that port. So it, I'm not, my usage rate of connecting it into different TVs and different ports sure. all the time is less. But it doesn't negate the issue that people are talking about if this is the case. And yeah, that's a problem. They have to really address it. I think the other thing too, in addition to this, is um, remembering Wi-Fi connectivity um, spots. Like it, it, sometimes it forgets it. And, and when you're in a different place, I like I want it to tr act like a cell phone. If I go somewhere and I've already established that connection, then it should remember that. But to this, mm -hmm. yeah, this I had no idea that this this was going on to be honest and yeah this is something that we should wear, raise awareness of you know i would highly recommend hitting at xbox support um you know they've been excellent to be honest i've always had positive yeah. experiences with at xbox you know support so i would definitely hit them up now about your warranty that sucks too because rule of number one 
anything you care about. And yo, I know we last day ain't got the bag yet, but I'm just saying Best Buy, bro. Get that. Listen, they, the geek protection joint is usually like but people are like, do you want to buy the warranty? I'm like, nah, fam. Them yeah. buy the warranty. Elite controllers, consoles. Because what I like about it is you go in, there's no troubleshoot, buddy. Is yo go and get one for the back? <laughs> really? Like, I, yo, I've went through, and this is another one. This elite controller used to have problems, boy. The rubbers, the grips, all type of the old joint. And I was going through these elite controllers, two hundred dollar controllers. I'm like, nah, man. And I would go in there, and it would be under that Geek Squad warranty. And boom, right on the spot, they'd be like, yo, grab one out the back. We, I'm like, okay, no questions asked, as long as you had that warranty. So that's what I usually do with stuff I really care about from, you know, from a console perspective, you know, hardware perspective. I, I generally get it from Best Buy if I can. Dude, Best Buy is the shit. Like, they, yeah. they even do price matching. Like, you can go to other sites <laughs> that have a sale and be like, hey, y'all want to sell it to me for that price? And they'll do it. And yes. it's, it's really great. They're a good place to shop. They do exclusive steelbooks uh, they're a place that i would recommend I, it's where i go now i uh my local gamestop lost my respect when i went to get near replicant from them they're like we don't carry that game that's we didn't order many copies of it i'm like y'all are a gaming store and i'm gonna go to my local best buy that sells like dvds still and stuff and i'm gonna pick it up there that's what you're telling me you're you're shameful i'm out yeah, yeah, so right. yeah man i'm a best buy guy now just there's like you there's levels there are speaking of levels alex kilgore writes in Hey Dukes, so I wanted to thank Maddie for recommendations of games to play. I downloaded Shredder's Revenge, and it's really good. Definitely worth trying. But I wanted to share that I played Danganronpa Trigger Happy oh, Havoc through God. Game Pass. <laughs> now, the reason I picked this was originally uh-huh. I was going to be a pain in the ass, but read that, read that next paragraph for me. Read what this kind of gamer is. I am a first-person shooter of gamer, but my main game is Destiny 2, with a little over 2,000 hours in the game. Here you go. So sometimes, so something like Danganronpa is out of my comfort zone. I've only got about five hours into it, and I can say, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> now you can read the rest. Let me hear this. Let me read this. Read this. All right. Me. Let's go. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying playing it, but Jesus Christ, what kind of weeb-ass <laughs> shit is this? It's a fucked up game, though, about high schoolers that I've fallen victim in to really liking. The story itself has me asking so many questions that I'm going to have to finish it. Cog, you need to try this game. It's available through xCloud streaming with touch controls. I really recommend getting through the first trial and going from there. After that first trial is what really sucked me into it. So thank you, Maddie, for recommending this demon of a game. And shout out to Drew and Sean from Discord for the words of encouragement. Love the show, guys, and I hope you have a... This girl I thought was my friend ended up trying to set me up kind of day. Now... One thing I wanted, I wanted to bring this on the bigger scale, right? We talked about this on our last DDU. What was the game you wanted me to play? Oh, Yakuza yeah. Like a Dragon, Ichiban mm. Kazuka, let's go. That's mm. the bet. That, then I'll free myself, I'll do my homework, I will do my penance okay. and finish the chapter one of Danganronpa and so continue So I gotta on. go through Like a Dragon all the way. And I'll go through like Dan- Danganronpa all the way. Okay. I'll go, all in, right. fairness. Yep, in fairness. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do this for you. Because I'll put it all on the line for Yakuza Like a Dragon. <laughs> I, I really love that game. I love, we no, talked I, about I have it. no doubt. That game looks yeah, great. It looks bro, like Persona 5. So oh my God, it's so much yeah. fun. So for that, I will do, I will do it. Cause that's only right. We making each other play each other's favorites. Okay. No okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Cog. You're on. You're it's on. on, baby. It's on. It's on. All right. Cool. So we got some conversations that uh, continue with the piss gate from last week. Now, I expected <laughs> opening the patron thread that I was going to be under attack. There is really only one person that showed issue with what I had done 
But in fact, what I wanted to focus on, not to sidestep the problem, Cog, mm-hmm. but there was a call to arms for a different type of urination strategy for men. <laughs> so we'll start with Owen to set it up. Mm-hmm. And then I want to follow up with macro. Owen writes, good day, Dukes. Your conversation last week prompted me, prompted me to recall a recent interaction with my wife. I've been with my wife nearly 10 years, and she walks into the bathroom recently. I'm sitting there on the throne, as one does, and looking through my social media feed. She stops dead mid-stride and says, oh, you're taking a shit? I reply, nope, just a casual pee. She says, motherfucker, y'all can do that too. Do we women not get anything? Have a, for the love of God, wash your hands kind of day. Now, continuing that cog, this is where it gets really interesting with macro. Greetings, nasty hands, Maddie, and squeaky clean cock. <laughs> While Maddie's unwashed grippers cause some dismay, I must take advantage of this new piss gate to spread my agenda. Normalize men sitting down to pee. It is the same principle as Maddie's patented dingle-dangle technique, but leaves even less opportunity for mess and lets a man feel momentary comfort. Please take this argument into consideration and have a wash-your-damn-hands kind of day. So, yeah, I'm not trying to sidestep this, right? A lot of people want me to wash my hands with my, after my urination strategy, but, Cog, there's been a, a lot of write-ins. These were two I wanted to pick, but there's a lot of write-ins of men asking for us to validate sitting to pee. Can you get behind this? I cannot get down with this. <laughs> From a moral standpoint, I am, I am, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by my men in the LSM community right now. And listen, we doing judgments. <laughs> As a man... You are not allowed to sit down and pee if that is your sole function. If your mm-hmm. sole function is just to number one, handle your... I'll even take the Maddie strategy that there's a gentleman-like way to go about you know, straddling the bowl so that you lean. What is it matter? You lean over and you straddle you're... the bowl, hands behind the back. Right, behind the back, yeah. you know, as you know, you're very manly. Like I'm in control yeah. of the situation. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. I'm coming around to that. Maybe. <laughs> right? Because I'm okay. still as you know, I'm still we just still sprinkle over here. So anyway. Yeah, sure. But this right here, m- macro who are these we name and shaming. Owen <laughs> Listen, man. The only reason that is legit and i will accept this is if you came in with the mission of number two so you're mm. coming in number two yo we got a handle we got a handle all right we're gonna sit yeah. down we're gonna handle rumble rumble let's do what we do and during the course of the process number one happens so you're like all right let's let's knock it out yeah, you, know, yeah. you know you aim Too down stuff. <laughs> you hand you handle the business right fine you got two yeah. in one in sequence If you wake up and say, all right, I got to go. And you say, the only excuse you get, and that's like, you still don't get it because if there's no (laughs) urinal, you should go to the urinal, go to the stall and do the Maddie straddle (laughs) and handle. There's no need to, 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 to unsanitize your, (laughs) there's no reason to sit on nothing. There's no reason you want to sit on it. So no. Bad LSM community. Bad, bad. <laughs> do not, do not do this. Look, man, shout out to y'all. I don't know what this epidemic is about. I I, I can't understand it, man. I can't. Well, that they're trying to use purpose. my strategy of cleanliness to to sidestep that problem and, and use this as a way for them to be able to sit and pee. But man. the reality is that's more germ focused, right? You're still, you're, my difference is I'm not making contact with any part of the exactly. bowl. Exactly. That's why I'm with sit, you. Yeah, right. They're sitting on it. 
you know, I, I used the foot to flush with the shoe on in here. Again, the straddling the toilet bowl, the shake with the waist, just no spray. Like, Cog thinks I'm a fire hose out here. There's nothing like that happening. We're clean, man. We use the waistband, the jiggle jangle, <laughs> and we're dope. good. But for those of you who are sitting to pee, I mean, I respect your tenacity. I mean, you're really challenging the societal norms, and I can't help but just respect that and say, like, you've got to go ahead and do that, but do not do it in the name of cleanliness. You just can't. <laughs> exactly. You, just you can't. want to sit. This person wants to sit. Yeah. Like, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to own it, but there's a, it's clear there's a lot of men who listen to our show who sit and pee. Like, and that's fine, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, it, it just put the phone in the pocket Handle your business yeah, and go do something else, right? Here's the thing, man. The reason why, because I think of it, maybe for them, in fairness, this is the home. I'm thinking about, think about when you at the airport. Think mm. about when you at the most mm. public event. You see these toilet bowls, bro? Chipped, mm. crazy. You don't know what's going dude, on on these bowls. Dude, there's still fools who shit in the toilet and just walk away. And I don't get it. Thank I don't you. get it. What happened? And what happened? You will subject your ass to that. <laughs> you are gonna, you gonna play Russian roulette with the butt? Like, no. No Russian roulette with the buttocks. No. Yes, sir. Clean, like, I'm the guy, I'm so ridiculous. Like, if there's an option, when I have the number two, and if there's mm. an option where they have the little seat cover, or I will make my mm. own, I am not trusting. Oh, dude. This dude, is I'm a sacred fiend. areas. Yeah. yeah, dude. No, I'm a fiend. I'll, I'll, if they don't have that, you know what you, like usually in the back of the toilet bowl, they got like the seat cover you can pull out. That thing, I hate that thing because and what happens is, yeah, it. because it'll hang down, it'll get yes. in the water and yep. then it'll just slip out and I'll yes. stand up and be like, my ass was on the seat the whole time and I didn't even realize. <laughs> you didn't realize it. Yeah. I hate that. But what I typically do now to avoid that is I'll just, dude, I'll, it'll, it's a process, right? You rip a line of toilet paper and you just lay it lengthwise. You create a little sacred throne. Bro, and after two you? plies have been lied on each side, mm -hmm. then I take my seat. Facts. And, and, and I'm so ridiculous. Like, bro, I will do a cleaning job. If there's no seat mm. cover, I'm grabbing an extra roll. Oh, we want to scrub this down right here. We don't, <laughs> we don't know what's happening. Mm. You know what mm. I'm saying? But I'm with you, man. So that's why I'm coming at them for cleanliness. You know, if it's your house, okay, that's your business. But I hope, I hope you're not doing this in a public situation. Yeah, yeah. If it's your house, I mean, you can get away with it. But in public, man, you just, you can't be laying your ass cheeks on those toes. You just can't. Robert Schultz has a question for you, Cog. What's up, Dukes? Uh -oh. First time writing in, but I've been a listener since day one. The time has come and I got to ask, what does it mean to be outside or outside with it? Cog uses this phrase on every episode and I finally admitted I'm not entirely sure what it means. Sorry for the old washed guy questions. Cog, Love please it. educate our uh, older generation on yes, what yes, it means yes. to be outside. All right, so the young, it's a young boy thing. The young boys use, yo, we outside, we outside. So pretty much it's just like, one, physically, we're outside, right? Mm -hmm. But two, because a lot of people are scared. So, like, remember when I always attack the Twitter people that be like, yo, 10 tweets and people who always doing this? And because dumb dudes usually hide behind an avatar, they don't show their face and mm -hmm. they want to talk crap about Maddie's content, my content, right? So, my thing is, when I say, yo, I'm outside or yo, we outside. Now you can put the name to the face. Now the person, it's a show of strength. It's a show of fearlessness as a gamer. I am comfortable who I am. You see who I am. And I'm in these events and we go everywhere. So that's all outside. It's like a fearlessness. We, you know, we, you know, it, 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 we, we want to get it. Stop the Twitter fingers. 
So yeah. that's what we say outside for. And it's just, and plus you, you, you meet people, man. It's cool to just meet people. And people are really like come up to you, LSM community. When I was in GCX, you know, came up to me a lot. Yo, Cog, what's up? They was outside. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. They, they, they're not just writing in the comments. they coming up to me, talking to me. Even if they disagree with something, we have some fun bands. Uh-huh. Yo, bro, I ain't like the way you came at fours in that time. No <laughs> doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is what we talk. We want this, not this, behind mm-hmm. secret avatars and invisible. Remember when dudes used to have just the egg shape? <laughs> they even they had still them. got the egg shape, man. It's, that's it's it. Maybe them not the egg, is, but it's just the, it's a silhouette yeah. now. Them dudes is hiding. Now, LSM mm-hmm. community is outside, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I always envision like a house, and then like when you say we're outside, like you're outside someone's house, like taunting them, <laughs> like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna what do? You like do? that? Yeah, it's like a, a fearlessness is how it's I always interpret it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So there you go, Robert. Now you know what it means to be outside, and uh, maybe you could drop it around your grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Garrett Gatrost writes in, "Good day, Dukes. I have a dilemma I could use help with." The last few weeks, I've been hearing from my daughter's daycare that she has a boyfriend. She is a toddler. Hearing this news made me sort of worried, as any dad would be. This morning, lo and behold, I was sent a video from daycare of them holding hands and playing. Upon further examination of the kid, I had realized I had nothing to worry or fear about, as this poor kid was wearing Crocs. (laughs) I've never felt more sorry for a kid. As a nurse, I am a mandatory reporter. This is where my dilemma arises. Is it child abuse to force a toddler to wear Crocs or just bad parenting? If child abuse is, I, I, if it is child abuse, I need to alert the DHS of this within 72 hours. Thank you for all the great content and have a Crocs-free kind of day, gentlemen. Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate you. Best <laughs> of luck you. with your daughter. <laughs> Best of luck. Look, you got to get her on the right path, you know, mm-hmm. before it gets wayward. You know, these Crocs are outside. The king is calling himself King Croc right now. It's bad. Yeah, it's I bad. saw that. It's I bad. saw that. He's leaving he on you. He was like, you can't yeah. stop me. And he yeah, posted yeah, he, another picture. He talking crazy, talking reckless. But we're going to get him help. We got the change.org going, all the signatures. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I we're saw gonna, the change.org, <laughs> yeah. We're going to help him, that. man. We're going to help. We're going to give him the help he needs, even if he doesn't see it right now. Yeah. We'll get that man proper footwear, help the support, because them things hurt. Maddie already went, put him through the paces yeah. and said them things are not comfortable. So you you acted like you fly with your mm-hmm. feet hurt when you take them off. We know. We know. Yes, absolutely, man. It's just, it's just a show of defiance. It's a show of defiance. I get it. I get it. We got you, though. Change you need the all. attention. We're giving it to you. Exactly. Shout out to King. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Let's talk about what games we're playing, Cog. Yes, sir. I'd like you yes, to go sir. first. You got an interesting portfolio here, so fire away. Yeah, man. Um, Naraka Bladepoint was in um demo Xbox preview, so I gave it a shot, man. It was really cool. It was really cool. Like it had. First of all, I love the art style, the sensibilities, the graphics. Pretty much gave me like. I'm not gonna say like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, but very kind of compare it to something what, what can i compare it to it, it's it's like your traditional fighting game but it is in a battle royal arena with third person hashtag just one kind of perspective but the difference is the traversal like using the left trigger you know aiming aiming at the little thing at a tree or whatever and then moving on around the map seamlessly right mm. that i didn't expect from this technically this is a, a melee sword combat kind of uh, battle royale so once you get that then they, i realized okay you got a little counter system lb do the counter okay we could do a little counter play action and it's actually deeper than I thought. There's armor sets and things of that nature, and then you go into the game itself, and that's when the hecticness start. So I will say this from a found I, I got destroyed, but mm-hmm. <laughs> from a foundational standpoint, it is way better than I expected. I think it does have some potential. I think I think I'm gonna mess around with it, man. The only how does it is- stack up to just real quick. How does yeah. it stack up to like I think of For Honor? Like how does it stack up to something like that? It's you- not. It doesn't have the technical depth. See, if you look, that's how I came at it wrong. I'm looking at it like a traditional fighter, stand on stand, you know, the thing. This is move around, get the advantage, get the height, get the, the advantage. Point. Like, I'm fighting people. I'm like, yo, I can't catch this guy. Like, he's, like mm. it, it's that kind. Of, it's a, a more frenetic energy than I thought oh, okay. it would be. So it's a different style of game, but it, it it's really unique. And I do like, they have, like, charge attacks where you can hold down, and they have some combos here and there. And the customization is pretty cool. I, I do feel I want more characters. I feel like... They're still limited on the amount. You can customize each, but I still feel you're limited on the amount. But again, early impressions, I did like it. I said, you know what? I am going to give this a chance. I think it's one of those things when you when you master it, you see the beauty of the game and how you mm-hmm. truly supposed to play. So the rock and blade point so far with that. And then um, Fall Guys obviously came out. I waited all this time because I knew it was Oh, eventually. it's your first time. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to come to the Xbox at mm. some point. So again, shout out to my boy if he's listening. He, uh, I got to shout him out my boy Gene. You know what I'm saying? From LordsGaming.net, one of the first finders of this game. And um, yeah, look, I get it. I get it. This is, this game screams Nintendo energy. Like, I feel like Nintendo made this game. Like, it is a perfect... Shout out to PlayStation for finding this game and locking it up the time that they knew they had something. They're great at it, man. And then shout out to Epic, who once they got it, this thing got their tendrils on it. The minute you load in skins, this, that, Mm -hmm. it felt like Fortnite. As soon as I jumped, I was like, oh, okay. They they left right on that acquisition, didn't they? Oh, (laughs) bro, they like, yo, we got a baby, baby. We may have a baby Fortnite. Let's get on it with the crowns and the system. Here's the thing. This is just pure savagery at its finest. It's just, if you get in there, you got your little cute character, you're bumping people off the way, you're trying to finish. And then the fun of it is the end of each round and then the elimination. So you start with 16 and you knock them out. And then it's like, you get the next 10 left, you go to the next event. And the the variation in events is cool. Like mm-hmm. just, there was one thing I was running in a circle, don't get hit by the fan. And then, so you're dealing with the obstacles, but then the madness and the effery from other 
<laughs> so it's gonna yeah. cause the arguments it cause the drama yeah. and it's fun and it's the last man standing shout out to four i get it it's fun i'm actually supposed to play uh with, with a group uh, with uh, with the lords later so we'll get that going on a lot of my friends streaming they love it so yeah i finally got my four guys on and then of All course right. the home t- I'm, listen i know people are like yeah he's only doing it because he's at better listen i'm gonna keep telling y'all demio is the best turn-based new turn-based game to arrive in gaming in some long time this is from a guy who has gears tactics up here as, as the new new mm. demio let me tell you why cursor the serpent let me tell you now i've played even more put more hours in deeper into the dungeon me and the homies i got the um who did i have? I'm, I'm using the sorcerer class i got a buff my boy has the new um, warlock class who summons this um, this cat, this animal that they can summon and do things with, right? Very cool. Right. For another one of my friends, he's got the um, the archer from long distance. And then another one of my friends, he's using, um, who's he using? We got the archer, he's using the guardian, right? Which is up top, up top. Here's the thing. This game, I'm not gonna lie to you, after getting to the final dungeon where you fight the boss, right? This shout out to the cops. They're excited. <laughs> the yeah, thing yeah. is, bro, they have the best, some of the best boss designs and mechanics I've ever seen in a turn-based game. Oh. I'm not going to spoil too much, but what I'm going to say is this. You get there, and I'm fighting this four, this Hydra with like three to four heads, whatever, right? We're fighting it. So we're like, okay, we're going to try to whittle this thing down, attack it from different angles in this thing. So I'm like, all right, we're not making too much progress, right? Then we, without spoiling, we realized on the map there was something special that we missed, all four of us. And all four of us had to do something that ended up becoming a mechanic. That mechanic then allowed us to truly do damage to this boss. Something else happens. I can't spoil the other thing. The other thing that happened is so cool. And I was like, yo, this ain't even the real boss like, yo, it, it's crazy the things the level of design that this game has again four player co-op that is hard to do in any turn base you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and distinct classes i'm telling y'all right now xbox i'm on y'all y'all better mm-hmm. hit resolution games up there's a pc port i know you know the controller i get it Xbox fans need to, somebody, PlayStation, no, you better hurry up before I play, because you know Sony be on the post. Oh, yeah. What's Sony see? Oh, yeah. You better get on this. I'm telling you, they got a massive hit. Not only did they add a new adventure, new character, more balance, all that, and they're not even monetized. They could do skin. They could do a lot of stuff with this thing. I'm telling you right now, Demios, that Gears Tactics, as far as the new oh, turn base, okay. and you know, bro, you know how I feel about Gears Tactics. I do, yes. So it's like, man, Demio coming. So yeah, and they keep giving out new content. And the PvP mode's coming soon. We can't wait. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, what you been playing, man? What's going on? What you, what you playing? Yeah, we got a diversity of games. There's one missing here that, mm-hmm. don't worry, we'll talk about it for our Game Pass pick of the week. I know a lot of people want me to, yeah, to yeah. go off on I, I it. I took mine off, too. Yeah, yeah, for you, yeah. for you. Yeah. All right, so first one, uh, still playing Trails from Zero. Okay, uh, this how we This is... Uh, tw- I'm 25 hours in right now, mm-hmm. and I'm really liking it. So this is a part of the Crossbell duology. Uh, so for those who don't know the order, there's the Sky trilogy, there's the Crossbell duology, and then Cold Steel one through four. 
And uh, I've played Cold Steel 1 and 2 already. That's kind of what got me into the series. I got some people who wrote in to me saying like, hey, what you described for Trails from Zero sounds really cool. Can I start here? Please do not. <laughs> if, please do not. It, you know, if you want to start where somewhere's like, I guess I'd call it modern and accessible, you probably want to start off with Cold Steel 1 on you know PlayStation 4. Xbox... This is one they got to get on because this is a series that suffers from exposure, not quality, but exposure. Like they need eyes on it. Uh, there, this is some of the best writing in video games, straight up. Like, wow, that's coming from me. I, I think I can hey, identify pretty critical. good writing. This is some of the most thorough, thought-provoking writing, and it's it's they explain everything. And there are certain points where the exposition can be sort of beating you over the head, especially in like the early Sky games. Like I can say straight up, the first Sky game is literally just a, a, I call it like lore, the video game. Like it's just lore. Up until the final 30 minutes of the game, it feels like nothing of true consequence has occurred. Oh, and wow. that's how dedicated of a, a writers they are. And I can't help but respect it, you know? And it's it's transformative writing to me. I can't help but look at it and be like, oh, like I'm taking notes thinking like, oh, that's how they explain that. And it makes you as a gamer, pay attention closer like everything's intentionally placed even if you feel like oh it's a waste of time it's not and then when you lop on top of that phenomenal turn-based combat you got something really special it's been a wonderful journey i've gone through this is my let's see here colseo one two this is my sixth trails game wow and i'm loving it i okay. am loving it it's really great so uh trails from zero has been really paying off in a lot of its world building but also uh, you know, it's in a new setting. That's the thing. Each of these series, right? I mentioned the trilogy, the duology, and the uh, four games in Cold Steel are all in different settings. Mm -hmm. um, and so this focuses on Crossbell, which is this kind of futuristic uh, uh, city that's experiencing epic economic prosperity. So it's a really fun location to explore, too. And uh, mm -hmm. it's just fun going around, talking to people, engaging in quests. You, you play as a bunch of cops. So it's mm -hmm. like a JRPG cop game. It's awesome, okay. man. It's, it's okay. really great. So okay. I, I know it's a long haul for people. I'm talking like 10 JRPGs you got to go through. Mm -hmm. But it's been a great kind of One Piece style slow burn that I'm just... Don't think of the end goal, like just enjoy it, right? That's what gaming is about. Just enjoy the ride. And I have been, because I know now I'm so deep, I'm going to finish them all. And once I'm done, there's going to be nothing like this. This is, I define it as kind of like the MCU for JRPGs. Okay, okay. It's really cool how every, like, I'll just say there are characters from Sky that show up in the in the Crossbell duology in meaningful ways. And it's like, I like this is like awesome, that. right? Like it's not... It's not just ending with each trilogy and resetting. And we live in a day and age where you barely get to the third game and the series reboots with a new developer, a new vision. And I like that stuff. But this is a place where you have a developer that's built a whole ass universe, game over game over game over game. And they're just focused on writing and storytelling. And in between those moments is excellent combat. So 25 hours in, just finished chapter two. Really liking it. There's, I think, a total of four or five chapters in the game, or four chapters, and then a finale. Gotcha. So, okay. past the halfway point, I'd say, and really liking it. A uh, game that's probably more up your alley, though. What's up? Cog, I think you're going to like this one. Which Neon one? White. Talk to Neon me. Neon White. So, have you not seen this game before? Okay. So, Neon White is, I would call it CSGO surfing the game, if you will. You're mm. running around these locations in a, a first-person shooter. It's got kind of slip-and-slide movement. 
And as you're running around these locations, you're finding cards. And each of these cards have an effect when you're shooting them. So, you know, a machine gun, a three burst, a shotgun. But then they have discard abilities. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this is about traversal and kind of like these short time trials of Mm -hmm. how quickly can you finish the mission. Um, So I'm talking like 15 seconds. And you get rated off of each of these missions. And you do a sequence of missions. uh, And after 10, you're done with the day. Uh, So... What happens is you, you gradually, the game has wonderful pacing in its gameplay. It's just gradually in, introducing you to new cards. You know, some of them will let you stomp the ground when you discard them. And it's just all designed to speed you through the level. So the game's got a real good sense of like locomotion, pushing you through, the soundtrack's bopping. Mm. It's It's got a really, really good feel good to it. Go. So just alone, it's just fun to play. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry to cut you. Um, no, you're you're good. Getting like a first person stylish mirror's edge kind of up yeah a little bit a little little bit it's Mm -hmm. it's really hard to kind of make a comparison to it because it's you see its inspirations but it's very much its own thing and that's what i like about it. it's very unique uh this was i got it for 22 dollars on switch uh because they had a small sale the the week of its release um it's available on pc as well um the story though is kind of surprisingly good here so the premise i think is what i'll tell you all about because it kind of sells you on the game so you're sinners right Mm. you're dead you went to hell but now heaven has called you up from hell and they're having you eliminate demons and they're saying if you uh, abide by our rules we will bring you back and what happens is your main character neon white is his name doesn't remember what happened why he died Mm. anything like that but the people around him, neon yellow, red, purple, so on and so forth, or violet, seem to remember. And mm. you're gradually piecing together this backstory of like why you're here while you're slipping and sliding through these missions. And the dialogue's hilarious. It's engaging. As you go back into these missions, you can find gifts. You can give these people gifts. And you have kind of... A, a little, a light persona, if you will, where you're kind of progressing in a social link and they have side quests that you can do for them. But it's not like a meaty game in the sense of um, you know, hundreds of hours when I say side quests. Like, they're very brief. Everything about this game is like time trials and replayability of like trying to beat your own score. Uh, each level has in, insight levels. So you'll get like, uh, you know, a, a ghost or a, a hint that'll tell you like, here's a shortcut over here uh, to kind of help you through the level to beat your own score. And then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, how do I get to that shortcut with this arsenal to like get down to 15 seconds? Really addicting. So uh, Neon White is what the name of this game is and really liking it. I'm about a couple hours in. I haven't put as much time into it because there's another game that dropped this week that I put more time into. But Neon White, I didn't want to skip out on and have really enjoyed it. And last game I've been playing this week, very briefly, uh, Halo Combat Evolved. That's yes, this. the number one. I love this game so much. A uh, buddy of mine got into Halo. Uh, he was looking for something kind of like a, a palate cleanser to play, something different. He never had an Xbox growing up. Um, and so he got through eight missions by himself and he's like, it's all right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Halo Combat Evolved is amazing. It's my mm-hmm. favorite one for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. I love this game so much. So good. What he was doing, though, he was running through it by himself. Now, we he didn't have the benefit of like growing up with it like we did, where I could run through Combat Evolved by myself and appreciate it and love it for all it's done for the series. So I was like, okay, let me hop in with you. Let me give you the co-op experience, right? 119 gigabytes later, I'm in. <laughs> it's good to be back, man. Again, Ooh. if I can thank Halo Infinite for anything, 
it's really just reminded me how much I love this series. So I played the last two missions of the campaign and I had a blast with it and he really enjoyed himself. He's like, wait, co-op's the play. Like, this is so much more fun. I was like, yeah, man, is like this co-op? is where, yeah. Wow. He was like, he was like yeah, right? I know, isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it crazy? With your friends wow. and legendary different, wow. Good, good. Yeah, so he was like, this is the play. Like, this is so much fun. I'm having a lot of fun now. I'm loving this. He's like, we into the story more now. I'm like, yeah, man, like this is how it is. Like, this is what made the series really popular among, of course, it's multiplayer and Forge, but this is one of the key components to it. So I'm probably going to walk with him through the entire series. I just replayed the whole series at the beginning or at the end of last Let's year. Go. And uh, he, you know, he's interested in just chipping through it. So I was like, yeah, just let me know when you want to play and I'll hop in. So, uh, yeah, we, we finished up Combat Evolved together and that was a great time. I, I love that campaign. I could replay that as many oh, times as I need. Classic, man. Classic, man. So that's all I've been playing this week. Been a, been a good catch up week of games after a lot of work last week where I didn't play many games. It's been nice to really dive headfirst into everything that's coming out or that I was missing. Mm, now we got some warm-up questions cog first one comes from craves snow good day dukes it seems xbox has settled on different terms for exclusive that don't lead to confusion or questions my question is about the console launch exclusive what do you think about how they are using this is there some still some intent to confuse casuals us in the know understand this means it's coming to playstation in about three months Hope you have a spent six fifty on a gallon kind of day. Yeah, man, it's been killer lately. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, my friend Jimmy Champagne spent one hundred twenty on a ga- uh, a tank of gas. Man, it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad right now. Now I, I respect that, Graves. Yeah, it's this question console launch exclusive. I still think. Yeah, to us, we we know what's going. We know. On. Yeah, yeah, we know what's going on. You know, the question is, does it truly? Does the does the casual truly understand? Like, do, does the casual walk away and say, "Oh, okay, that's coming to Xbox, so I got to get it on Xbox." That's the part I'm very curious about the data on that because they keep using it, right? They keep using it, and to me, I like I chuckle, like, "Okay, you know, whatever console launch exclusive, world premiere, you know, that kind of thing." I'm very curious about it. I, I don't. I actually don't know. I I, I want to know more about it if. You know, there's a reason that they continue to do it, you know, because the casual and that name associate. I mean, we did hear, I know this is unrelated, but, you know, we did hear about, um, what was it? The, uh, the Wolong, I believe, right? Which yeah. is the uh, exclusive. And then from my understanding, you know, and again, I heard this is common practice, but them having like an embargo on two days before you can tell what other versions it's coming to, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So these are the practices, right? These are the, you know, I'm not justifying. I'm just saying, like, these are the practices a lot of these console uh, yeah, makers use to keep brand association to make you think. And maybe the analytics say that the casual, the first two days, within the 48 hours, you know, that's when it's the zeitgeist, and that's when they figure they could lock them in, and maybe that's why they continue to do it. Yeah, and uh, I, I think for a lot of people, timing is, of course, a luxury. And, you know, you don't want to wait for, like, high on life. You don't want to wait for that. You know, we'll talk about that later in the show, but you don't want to wait three to six months for it to come to your console. And one thing that did impress me during the showcase was the amount of console launch exclusive, console launch, launch exclusives that they just kept piling on. It's like, yeah, these may be in short windows, but it's adding value in a quantity to the platform because there's a ton of games that are launching exclusively which we don't really say often about Xbox, in a small window of time once we hit the fall. And that'll be really fun. So I, I hope they continue to do this because I think it's a, a good balance, right? You get 
the exclusivity for those who are on your platform. It feels rewarding to be there. Obviously, the developer gets a bag, right? They get their money. They get to put their game out there. And then they have the benefit of bringing it to other platforms and kind of having those reviews on the Xbox speak for themselves for better or for worse and saying like, hey, PlayStation fans, now we're coming to you. Switch fans, we're coming to you. And I know staggered launches aren't exciting for consumers, but for developers, it's pretty exciting because they get to resell their game to you over and over at a full price. And it kind of feels like a relaunch. So I think in some instances, it's a little healthy for our industry to kind of have these staggered uh, console launch exclusives because it doesn't wall people off for as long as, uh, you know, you look at what PlayStation's doing, which they're doing the right thing for their platform to protect their brand. Like they are locking up things like Final Fantasy long-term. We know that there was a year contract, at least for KOTOR Remake, and there'll be many more. So uh, they're doing the right thing. It's just, I like that Xbox is keeping that that window short, short enough or long enough where it's value to me as someone who owns a Series X, but short enough where I can then be like, oh, go play Stalker 2 to someone on PlayStation and they can go enjoy that. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm about it right now. I like how they're using it, and I hope it continues this way. I think it's a, a good, happy medium. Yeah, good to watch. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Number two comes from James Hill. Hey, Maddie Chan and Kog Senpai. With Xbox finally getting all their studios pumping out games and several being ready in 2023, I got to thinking Xbox should pull a Nintendo and hold on to completed games. The latest example of this is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It was announced and dated for September during the February Direct. Splatoon 3 needed more time to cook, so it swapped dates with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Now Xenoblade is dropping at the end of July, two months earlier than first announced. It's also rumored a remake of Metroid Prime is 100% done and is being held until Prime 4 is shown off. That's been in the rumor mill for a while. Long time, yeah. Do you two want Xbox to hold on to games to have a more flexible release schedule, or would you prefer to have them be dropped when they're done and risk having a year to a year and a half drought? Have a Bethesda announcing Elder Scrolls 6 in 2018 and not releasing it until 2030 kind of day. I love this question because it really, we're looking right now at what I call the massive shotgun blast in 2023. And a lot of these games that may be coming that year are ones that we've been waiting since 2018 for. Do you really want to blow it all out in that year or do you want to stagger it? So Cog, I want to know your read. How are you feeling about xbox's games in the pipeline and if they should take the nintendo route and start maybe putting some in the back pocket till it's it's time business-wise to capitalize i think that's exactly what's going to happen that's going to be the dilemma they're in you know because it's a good dilemma i don't even it's not even a problem i think it's 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 now you know the chickens have come home like now it it it, it, things are going to happen things are ready to be lined up and i think you can't have things you know cannibalize each other You, you have to give 
everything is proper, dude. There's going to be some things that can stay in proximity. Like maybe um, we learned like, you know, we were worried with uh, Forza Horizon 5 or Halo Infinite, right? Even though we want mm-hmm. a Halo Infinite delay, mm-hmm. we were worried to see. But the analytics did show that they could coexist and launch based on the different type of genres fairly proximity a month apart. Now, the content, that's another issue. We ain't going to get into that. But, you know, as far as, far as Halo Infinite content. But everything else from... Um, from a perspective of Redfall, Starfield, Forza, just those three right there, right? And then you know they've got so much more stuff in addition to that combined with the potential closing of the Activision Blizzard deal. Things are going to start to really stack on each other and it's up to them to, to, to align them correctly. So I think there may be situations where, hey, what if, you know, Avowed is ready but maybe you put now, I say, now, now push it back out of 2023, I would hope. But, you know, maybe they say, hey, we got this other thing and we want a vow to get its proper shine. What if Hellblade is one of those other things? You don't know. Right. So it's like th- that's where you can hold on to something a little bit. And if a team's not ready or if a te- or the opposite, if a team's not ready, you say, OK, OK, vows, you ready? All right, let's go. We could get in that spot right now. So I think that you behind the scenes, you may see some things like that that'll come out after the fact. Yeah, I was just taking a moment while you were speaking to kind of look up the things that they showed at the showcase and that graphic of what's coming in 2023. And I do remember Phil Spencer saying that they want to have one sizable exclusive per quarter, right? So four games a year. And right now we're lining up Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, Aura History Untold, right? So that puts us at a pretty hefty amount. Then you've got timed ones like Flintlock, I would imagine, um, or I'm sorry, the Flintlock's day one game pass. Stalker 2 is what I was looking at. And then you think of ones that we've speculated about, like an Avowed, like a Hellblade 2. And I wonder what gets pushed back. What's How do you line all this up now? I mean, do you think they ever double up in a quarter? Do they seem that as necessary i think you know in today's day and age with delays you you know you have the ability to now with the lineup deliver quality stuff in a shorter window of revealing it so if they have the ability to hold on to stuff they could show off about and be like and it's out in five months see you then and they know it's ready to go because it's been ready they just had other stuff coming out uh so then you can also see games expand and improve upon. So I'm kind of for this, right? Because then you think of, that's where tailoring back to the first question we had with console launch exclusives and of course day one game pass, you've got a frequency there, a cadence of launches with then in the middle of each quarter, like one big exclusive, like a Starfield or Redfall, so on and so forth. And I think it's sustainable because I, you know, again, going back to one of my original points, you got to think that, if you shoot out every game that was a part of the 2018 acquisition window and you have to restart that cycle, you'll end up in the same problem again, maybe by the end of 2024. And so it'll be a good time, but you kind of want to sustain what we're looking at, which could be a golden era for Xbox. You know, I'm not trying to gas them up too much, Cog, but I, I'm curious if you agree. Like, I think with now the focus on Japan, with day one Game Pass, console launch exclusive, a lot of cool games announced, and, uh, and of course, the big exclusives finally arriving that 2023 could be the start of that era we've been waiting for. 
and you want to play it smart, right? You want to play the long game because that's yeah. how I think PlayStation thrive, right? They just had something ready at most points in the year on top of in the middle, like when you go back to like 2014, 15, like cool indies, right? Exclusively PS plus games. It, it's it's like it's looking like Xbox has taken that formula and taken their own innovation to it, of course, with like Game Pass and stuff. But uh, I'm rambling at this point. It's just exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And we, we're forgetting uh, the biggest elephant in the room, Diablo 4. Mm, mm. Diablo's yes. huge. They got that. They got to figure out when that drops because you, oh, you got to let Diablo eat. That's that. And here's the other thing, right? If the deal closes, you now slap a Game Pass logo on top of that. You want to make sure that gets yeah. a proper shine. To eat. It hits every checkbox. Big, you know, IP multiplayer or like engagement you're really going for it so you gotta game pass game yeah. you know so if diablo hits you it's like yo we ready hey maybe you moved up you see what i'm saying you moved them up it, it, it's a fun problem to have and I, I like them in that position as opposed to what we have to deal with this year <laughs> well yeah i i think it'd be just awesome if we get into an industry where not everything's being pushed back but you see the last time we had a xenoblade chronicles thing uh situation here was I think the Evil Within got moved up a little bit. Uh, I know it was Evil Within, but I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, but it got moved up because it was ready. A couple of weeks. It was mm. cool to see a date be like, moved up a couple of months. I so I would that? love to see more of that. Like, oh, we're we're ready to go. We were just waiting for the other guy, but they need time, so we're going to go now. I A more mobile, not yes. literally in the gaming space, but yes, more yes, yes. mobile gaming industry would be cool exactly. to see. Exactly, yeah. Let's, right let's to strike in a moment's notice. Agreed. All right, number three goes to Michael Lamaro. Hi, Dukes. Do you think Wolfenstein 3's development is going well? And when do you think we could expect a Wolfenstein game given Wolfenstein 2 is almost five years old? Thanks to Game Pass, I finished the new order and I'm now making my way through 2. These games are really fun and I'd like to hear your thoughts on them if you've played them. Thanks. So let's start off with, before we get into our thoughts on the game, this is one of our predictions, at least one of mine, I should say, uh, which I thought this would probably show up. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't, but I thought, you know, it's time to talk about whatever Machine Games is up to. This seemingly was in the oven for some time, and then you had Indiana Jones show up, and what's the priority here? We don't really have an answer, so Cog, we're shooting from the hip. How are you feeling about Wolfenstein 3? Something feels weird. Mm. I don't know. I gave up a finger on it, man. I felt like we should have. That's a great game. Shout out to BJ Blackwood. You know, like, at New Order, one of the most epic scenes in that messed me up. And I was like, oh, this game is doing this. Mm. How is the game going to continue? You know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. And it was, yeah, really cool. Really, really, really good story. Um, I didn't play Youngblood because I was scared. I got to get to that. I heard. Did you play Youngblood? Yeah. Yeah, I heard things. I was like, it I don't know if I want to damage the legacy with that one. It's yeah. uh, Let's just say that the negative critical reception is uh, not an exaggeration. Oh, oh, I didn't want to see it like that. That's why I was like, I'm going to wait. It's, it's in Game Pass, right? Mm, is Game just Pass? go watch a summary on Oh, damn! Yeah. <laughs> it's like this. that! Just... <sighs> It's not. It's not good. It's just not. It's not being like we we go act like that ain't happening. That's like okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I I can almost promise you they'll act like it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I can almost promise you that that game was not good. There it is. So um, yeah, we 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 definitely looking for a mainline Wolfenstein. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just the reason only reason why I'm a little off with this one is I just feel the Indiana Jones throws a monkey wrench into this. Yeah. How couldn't it? 
You know, because we didn't expect machine games. I would Todd said that. I didn't expect that because I'm thinking mm-hmm. hashtag just one energy. Not saying that it can't. Not saying the machine games is limited to it. But based on their pedigree, you would think they're some of the best Person. FPS, 60 frames per second, rock solid, good shooting gunplay. I love that. I like when I used to go into the little crevices when you put that little thing on the device. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. sneak it. Like they have these cool mechanics in FPS games. So I'm like, Machine Games is, they, it just, it's a feel to their games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like, I just think that that's the big project. And if and Todd's behind it and he he nominated them, one would think, I, I don't know how big, do you know how big the team size is? Maybe you could educate me there. Like, I, think, I know it's, they, uh, I'll, I'll double check. I think yeah. 150. I'll okay, check, so they're though. pretty big. I mean, maybe they can do two. Maybe they can, but that's what it is. I think the, the, the cloud, not the negative cloud, but what's going on, with um, Indiana Jones is why I think we haven't gotten our Wolfenstein announcement or whatever at this point. So that's what I'm going with. 156, according to LinkedIn. No, that's, that's, so that's, that's big. That's big. They can the do money. it. Yeah, they, they can definitely. Yeah. They should definitely be able to do yeah. two at one time projects. I, that's not big enough, though, where I think they could comfortably split projects. Oh, you, know you don't. I mean? Oh, so, okay. You did. Okay, got it. All right, so, I, I mean, something will have to become a priority, and I, I think that's what's happened here. And it's possible just given how long it's been that uh, Wolfenstein 3 maybe got caught up in development hell and they're like not sure what the direction of the franchise was uh, and that they had this opportunity to work on something else and then maybe take those lessons learned, refresh, bring them to Wolfenstein 3. But then Machine Games is creating their own problem of mm-hmm. their, you know, thinking of where Bethesda Game Studios is at with Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and Starfield, maybe, where it's like, well, now they might want another Indiana Jones game. And mm. Indiana Jones could very well, as just a known property, be their biggest game yet compared to what they've done with Wolfenstein, which historically hasn't sold that great, mm-hmm. as many Bethesda published games haven't. Uh, so I'm with you, Cog. I think that this is a monkey wrench that got thrown in there. And my guess would be they've decided to prioritize. Indiana Jones. I think that would be just the logical choice at this point. Yeah, and it's the big name, the the, the you know the seller, the the pop culture energy. It could do something big for them. Mm-hmm. So I get it, and we see how passionate Todd is about this thing. Like yeah. he's been sitting on it, and now he feels he's got the right team. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think I think you're onto something here. Uh, second part of Michael's question was uh, if we played them, any thoughts on them? So I know you kind of said you'd like it, but it, anything in specific you wanted to talk about? No, just amazing gameplay. I just thought that, um, you know, New Order was, like, amazing to me. Like, I, I oh, really dude. loved that game. Like, I I didn't think I was going to like it the way I did. And, and the storytelling was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The mechanics, the abilities were great. You know, and the characters, and I really felt the connection. You know, and when something happened, which I'm not going to, it messed me up. I'm like, yo, what is this game doing? Like, it was graphic. I was like, oh, I'm really affected. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. When things, certain things dropped. <laughs> I, I was just like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, lo- I love this series. It, it, it's just nothing better than shoot Nazis. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, I love New Order, but like to me, I, I always thought New Colossus, the sequel, got a bad rap. To me, New Colossus was oh, the yeah. one that. Colossus, that, my bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, was that what you were talking about? That's originally? the one I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Colossus. I, I, okay, I was thinking when you said yeah. drop. Sorry. I was like, that sounds like Sorry. Colossus. Colossus. But I, Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, no problem. Because New mm. Order is fantastic. Yeah. But a lot of people do crap on Colossus because of how much cutscenes and storytelling is in there, which I, I mean, I kind of like. I, th- I thought it was a great story. I was yeah. really about it. I like it, when man. Colossus dropped. 
Yeah, right. yeah, man. yeah. I love the drop. So <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It was, it was a really good game. Uh, yes. Short, shorter yeah. compared to New Order. New Order was definitely, I think, the superior gameplay experience and some of the mission variety. I'll just say this, man. This is a, this is just a teaser to get y'all to play this series if you haven't. You go to the moon. You go to a Nazi moon base, man. Come on, like, come on. It's so good. It's so good. So give it a look if you haven't. But uh, yeah, great series. Kind of one I wanted to replay for a while. All right, Sean Mason writes in. This one speaks to my soul. Greetings, Dukes. During the final week of school, today was our last day. Congratulations to you, Sean. I know you're a teacher. Salute to Sean. I asked some of my students who are they into or who are into gaming their thoughts about various showcases. To my surprise, the biggest highlight for the majority of them was High on Life. Rick and Morty is an incredibly popular show among middle-aged school children. Are we underestimating how popular this announcement was for Xbox? Could we see similar projects aimed to bring in others of the same age? Best Sean M. Now, I don't know what this says about me as someone who thinks this is one of the games of the show, but uh, uh, Cog, do you think this was a bigger deal than maybe we've given it, given it credit for? Perhaps you, because you know I've been, I've been gassing this one up. Bro, no, I'm calling you the prophet on this show right now. I've been, I've been, mm. I've been touting your name on IOP a lot. I've been touting your name a lot because I think you are on to something. We, as the hardcore gamer, I think there is a disconnect. And I'm the first to admit it as an old grizzled veteran <laughs> gamer. You know what I'm saying? There's a disconnect. We like what we like and we spec it in a certain format. And it's that. Mm-hmm. These kids ain't playing that. These kids are going Sad. off the high in life. That's mm-hmm. your, you know, the generation you and before. They they that's the stuff that excite them. And Cool enough about me, I hang around around enough young people to keep the energy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, this is what's popping in the street. These kids are outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so that is what it is. And, and you know how I know? Hmm. Because we, you know, the hardcore community, there was a lot of complaints. Seven out of 10, six out of 10 energy, Tuesday show energy. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But again, not saying Jeff Keighley represents everyone, but did you see his poll? on the Xbox reaction, what did you feel, right? A's and B's, right? So when I look at that and I look at titles like High on Life and we're talking about, you know, Four Guys comes to Xbox and mm-hmm. all these unique titles and that's what, that's the advantage of the diverse strategy lineup, I mean, uh, approach with this Game Pass thing. I tell people all the time, it's going to be a situation that some years is going to really hit for, for us hardcore games. Like, oh, my God, Hellblade, Vow, yeah, bro, yeah, Starfield, we're outside, yeah, bro. And I get it. But there's going to be years like this where people will be like, yo, high on life was the game. Um, the case of Benedict is the game. What you, call, you know what I'm saying? And they're going to be like, these are the game. And I see Nintendo guys like, yo, Xbox had a, a decent show, you know, kind of things like that. So that goes to show you. It's generational and it's for everybody. And, and I think, yeah, I, I think Sean is honest. To hear his students say that, I, I, obviously it's anecdotal, but it, yo, it, it resonates. It resonates with a different generation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just, I think the game looks fantastic and I do believe this will be a win for Xbox. The only thing I was worried about is it looked a little poor on the frame rate side of things. We'll see if they clean that up. But if they do, I think they got a winner here. I think it, it's going to be a standout game in this fall. Uh, especially when this fall window is looking not completely empty, but uh, it's got a little more room for games to breathe like this one compared to usual. So one of the better surprises of the showcase and uh, hopefully it brings Xbox much success. Yeah, I love the devs on the extended showcase as well. I had more of a flavor of it and I really learned more about it. 
Fifth and final question before we get into the news, Ghost Raid writes in, hey, Super Duke Bros. One of my somewhat guilty pleasures as of late has been to heavily mod Bethesda titles on my PC and Xbox, and it got me wondering if you see other developers under the Microsoft umbrella following Bethesda's footsteps and giving a similar level of support to a modding community. Bethesda has a strong staying power for plenty of their games through community support, allowing them to release weapons, bug fixes, and the entire expansion pack mods for their titles. Even on a small scale, I can see mod support for Halo Infinite's campaign and Forge or Gears of War's Horde mode, giving players endless reasons to come back. Thank you, and have a mom found the Skyrim nude mod folder kind of day. <laughs> well, I'm gonna lead off with you. What do you What do you think? Do you Do you uh, Were you the the modder? Were you the guy that uh, sometimes yeah, indulges? Yeah, yeah. A while I was kind of resistant to modding just because I like the developer's intentional experience rather than like fan content. Uh, but as you go back and you want to play more in that world and you want new content, this is the best option. And you turn the corner in my case and you're like, this is amazing. Some people making content that's like better in the base game and it just becomes a platform unto itself. And it's amazing because it's just everyone who loves the series enjoying that. Uh, do I see other developers doing it? Like, yes and no. I think a lot of developers would like to, but this is why I say some people who don't follow Bethesda closely, it's clear as day. <sighs> Because they'll be like, get a new engine, start working on Unreal Engine. It's like <laughs> the reason they stick with Creation Engine and the reason y'all are still writing articles about Skyrim to this day is because it's a heavily moddable engine. Without Creation Engine, I'm not saying mods would not exist for their games, but there's a reason why their games are so customizable and interactive and fans can go crazy with their own projects to the point of making whole on games within games like Fallout London's about to come out, mm. Fallout 4 Capital Wasteland, crazy. the list goes on, Skywind, Sky Bolivian, like huge, expansive, multi-hundred people projects because of the engine. So for all its flaws, it's highly customizable and that's what gives these games life. And Bethesda's very pro-modder. They hand out the tools and one company that has thrived with that is CD Projekt Red. I think it's about developer intent. They were big about modding tools, giving their users the ability to add content to the game, and they've really done that. Uh, and so I think it's it's really about that. I think you can't help but look at Bethesda and now maybe Cyberpunk and go like, oh, okay, like there's clearly something here. I think there always was. Some of them less so than others. Like there are Witcher mods, but they're not on the level of something like Bethesda. And I think it'll be hard to reach that Bethesda level. But I think Ghost has some great ideas here with Halo Infinite. But I think Forge is where you're going to see that. There's been leaks about that where they're suggesting like you'll be able to create your own campaign missions even within there. And that's going to be amazing, right? There's apparently assets for things like snow missions, even though there's no snow inside mm. the base game at all across Get multiplayer and single player, right? So uh, they look to be making a very uh, strong forge mode perhaps that will give that game the legs it desperately needs. So I think that's one Xbox studio you can look at and say like they're learning maybe from Bethesda, but also the history really of the series more than anything. I imagine people are taking looks at it, but again, I think a lot of it's due to the engine. So mm. I wouldn't expect suddenly developers to have a rapid turnaround, but Cog, what's your read on the situation, if anything at all? I mean, obviously, it's not a community I really, I'm not against it. It's just like, I'm not, it's not something I've ever really indulged in, but I see the value to it, right? I see what you're saying, you know, all people making all type of mods after the fact, especially in a world you love, you know, extending mm -hmm. the, the fun and the replay value of a game. I think 
my mindset as to will other developers do it is probably leading no only because Xbox to me wants to control the environment on some level and maybe this is how I see the only way reason why they can do it. If they can somehow get a piece of the pie mm-hmm. <laughs> of this monetization, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and somehow fit their way into the equation that you kind of got to go through them or something like that, then maybe. PC, I see more receptive to, but on one hand, it's like, are you going to give these features exclusively to PC and, and alienate a console base that may see that and may want it? And with console, it's more of a controlled environment right Mm -hmm. so do they want that level of freedom because we got to be honest too there's there's there there may be some potential security risk by letting people do that on the console side of things and maybe that's way be the trepidation so it may be a case-by-case basis depending on the type of game and if they can get some monetization Mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. I'm just being honest that's how companies yeah. think man they ain't gonna yeah, let you perhaps. run around and you ain't, you ain't paying the toll yeah. <laughs> perhaps we'll see because you know they, they did open up game pass for more modding capability so clearly they that's Xbox true. as a brand wants to encourage that's it true. you'd hope that that stays the plan and that they don't try to monetize something because even something such as Creation Club which they're like it's not paid mods I'm like you're really towing the line here like as someone who's kind of pro creation club, not because of the content, but because of the modders it supports, like you're really toe on the line here. And it wasn't pretty. It was one of the most disliked things Bethesda's done in their company's history. So uh. hopefully they're also taking note of that while taking note of the success of modding. There's a reason why it's successful. Yes. It's because they're given tools to make free content and the company benefits because more people buy the game to have all those mods and Fair. endless content. So. Fair. We'll see if anyone takes note of that, but I'm with Kaga, not expecting much from it. Yeah. Let's get into the news. This first one may surprise you because of the game we're talking about, but it also states how slow of a week it's been. But we always like to focus on Xbox first and foremost and their family of studios or 2B studios. So let's talk about Forza Motorsport. Their creative director dropped a plethora of new details for the highly anticipated racing game set to arrive spring 2023, including an all-new career mode. There's multiplayer with a racing weekend structure featuring practice, qualifying, and final races, ray tracing during gameplay in real time, day and night cycles, as well as varying weather for all tracks. There are tires that have eight contact points on the road compared to Forza Motorsport 7's singular contact point, so more reactive driving. It'll be running at 4K 60fps on Series X and 1080p 60 over on Series S. And they insist that the ray tracing is there and they do not want to mislead anyone. Kind of hinting at what happened with Gran Turismo 7 where the ray tracing was only available in photo mode and the replays but also because a lot of people thought Xbox was lying about things because what you saw at the showcase was on a PC. They put that in an editor's note. Okay, I was going, okay. Yeah, because a lot of articles were like, in a clear jab to Gran Turismo 7, I'm like, no, 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 no. They saw the the talk on the streets. They were defending themselves because things were about to get hot. Yes. So, Cog, how are you feeling not only about that situation, but what's going on with Forza Motorsport, which, while it may not be our cup of tea, one of Xbox's biggest games of 2023, for sure. 
Yeah, look, we got to give it its flowers. And, and this is where I, I bend the yes. knee to the uh, yes. LSM Forza community. I've been, look, I've been, if I could just cut you off for a second. They, yes. they talk a good talk, but no one wrote in about this. So this is my <laughs> choice to put this at number one. See? But none See? of y'all had questions about it. So you guys just like to complain, but I'm hoping that you're listening. So exactly. sorry, Tyler, please go. No, on. no, no. You're, you're all fine. You're all fine. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We give credit. We give credit. Look, you know. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and fraud like I'm the hardcore simulator guy. And I can definitively say, you know, that it's number one. But the consensus is when I speak to the people who do that every day, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy, you know, Wondering Dutch, Forza Irwin, a lot of my um guys over my my European uh, gamers over there, you know, they they really play these games, man. Like this is their Madden. Like this is their, you know, they waiting for the the doo doo, you know what I'm saying? And they tell me like, "No, this is it." And for my understanding, the community, the consensus is, "No, more motorsport is the game. That's mm-hmm. the game." You know what I'm saying? That's the king of, of this thing right now. And look, I, I was blown away. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like I sat there and I watched that conference, that showcase, and I'm like, man, this looks impressive. The day, the night cycles, the tires, when they show the reflection of the car next to the other car with the and to be honest, ray tracing is a thing that as a techie, I'm excited about. But when I saw how much resources that takes on puts on a on a on a console, then part of me was like, mm, the implementation is probably going to be very light this generation based on the resource. But then they're telling like, yo, it's ray tracing in game because the trick was, oh, we have ray tracing in photo mm-hmm. mode. You know what I'm saying? Or only on the side when you look at the car still, and you know what I mean. But they, listen, whatever. I'm not a tech. I'm not going to do the digital foundry thing. I know there's a big controversy. On what level of implementation of, of ray tracing, Carl? Is it truly this high power? Whatever version of it, the fact that it has it is impressive to me because I know regardless to what, it's a resource hog and it's doing these really cool features and next generation reflection kind of things. So I'm impressed. Look, we got to give turn turn their flowers. I met, um, I believe the gentleman's name, uh, Greenblatt, forget his name, the head, the head, uh, bearded guy, tall, I meet him every E3, awesome. Now you can tell I'm not a force guy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he, bro, they, he, they've been doing this for a long time. They are the gold standard. And when I walked away from that, I said, yeah, yeah, they did it. They did it. It looks impressive. Hey, look, it's a game pass. I got no excuse. I'll fire it up. Of course, I'll fire it up. Probably do like two races, go back to Horizons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I will try it because it really looks like a technical showpiece. Yeah, I do. This may sound kind of surprising to some people, but when I first started giving this game shit, I was like, let me take a look before this show at Forza Motorsport 7. And uh, I was especially interested in the career mode. And interestingly, I found myself more excited to try this one out than maybe how I was feeling about Horizon. Because Horizon's very arcadey and open world. And to me, I would probably like choose like a burnout game over Forza Horizon because I love burnouts like extreme nature, right? That's what I'm more so looking at, like extreme, arcadey, Got it. car crashes. Over the top. Not that it's better in Horizon, but like that would be my type of arcadey style of racer. But like motorsport looks so technical and deep, like you can't floor it around corners that I'm kind of interested in putting my hands on this one. I don't know if I'll like it. I don't know if I'll stick with it for a while, but I will say my anticipation and interest in this one is stronger than that of Horizon. And maybe wow. it's because with Horizon, I know what to expect. With Motorsport, okay. 
I remember I had a, a, a close friend, uh, Noah. He was a former host of uh, Ham Radio Podcast. I'm talking like he's not around anymore. He is. But uh, he, he um, played a lot of Forza Motorsport in high school. I remember cooking him up for it. Maybe that's where the hatred came from. Because I was, you know, I'd be like, let's play COD. Let's play Halo. And he's like, I'm playing motorsport. The career mode's great. And he started watching Top Gear. He started talking cars. And I was like, shut the fuck up, man. Give me an arrest. But... It did pull him in because he really liked the simulation aspect. He wanted to learn more. And with the high detail and the fidelity of of this game, I could see those being factors. And I like a technical game, right? I like getting into the nitty gritty. So I'm like, you know what? Here in my late 20s now, let me me give it a look, see what it's about. So I am interested in this one. Uh, Anything of the... Newly announced details stick out to you between the, yeah, the new career so mode and, oh. and what's going on here? Career mode, um, I, I love, like, one of the things that Forza doesn't get enough credit for is the damage. Like, when they hit mm. the wall and you saw the scrapes and the deep, like, and let's be honest, like, car manufacturers don't want to see their cars in any type of, you know what I'm saying, negative. Like, so for them to trust, that shows you the respect and trust they have of Turn 10 allow this to happen because you guys are representing the sport right. So that's number one. I do want to see one thing. When I used to be in a simulation bag way back in the day, and I used to do like IndyCar racing games, Formula One uh, racing games, one thing that I did like, and I want to know, I don't know if Forza has it in the uh, LSM community. You guys correct me because, again, I'm not, I am telling you, I am not a hardcore Forza, but it's a question. Pits. I actually like that aspect of race. I always felt Pitt gave a strategy. And I don't know if it's doing that, but, you know, I would hope at one point they kind of can implement it because I feel like you're doing your laps and there's a, yo, man, I'm low on gas, I'm low on fuel, yo, we got to go in, change the time. And it may not be this type of game, but I always like that type of strategy. But for a career mode, I will test it because I want to know what's the, what's the loop? What's the loop? If there's no pits and none of that, fine. But... What's the loop that's going to keep me in this? Because one thing that a Gran Turismo used to do that I like was the licenses, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't, I don't play Forza Motorsport like that. So I want to know if there's anything to the loop that the hardcore can, you know, educate and say, yo, this is what they're doing this year. But besides that, it's just, it looks like just a phenomenal game. It just looks, it looks really cool looking. It looks the, the attention. To the, and, and you know what I realized it? When they showed seven and eight side by side. I don't know if you saw those. Whoa. Yeah, they showed the same track. I was like, yo, this look completely different. Like, that is insane, the jump they it's made. Huge leap. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what's going on with Forza Motorsport. Set to arrive spring 2023. Maybe if they're trying to hit their quarterly games, Redfall, Forza, Starfield? Hey, hey. I mean, I don't know if I do all three. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'm saying, like, Redfall oh, you mean the sequence. in the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, like the yeah, winter yeah. window. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, let's this go. is in the spring and then Starfield in the summer, perhaps. Oh, let's go. That's strong. That's strong for the top of the year. Yeah. yeah. Nice mm-hmm. little quarterly releases. So, Oh, yeah. Really exciting. Uh, interested to learn more. And yes. with that, let's move on to number two. A little bit of a heartbreaker. Tony Hawk has revealed, for those who enjoyed the glorious Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake, some very sad news. We'll let him do the talking. Quote, That was the plan, even up until the release date of one and two. We were doing three and four, and then Vicarious got kind of absorbed, and then they were looking for other developers, and then it was over. The truth of it is, Activision were trying to find somebody to do three and four as remakes, but they just didn't trust anyone the way they did Vicarious. So they took other pitches from studios like, what would you do with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater title? 
and they didn't like anything they heard. And then that was it. Who knows? Maybe when the dust settles, we'll figure it out. You never know. I never would have thought we were going to do one and two 20 years later, end quote. Activision Blizzard announced January of 2021 that they planned to fold Vicarious Visions into Blizzard as a support studio and made good on that promise early this year in April. Dave Ramos writes in, Hey Dukes, so the Birdman himself revealed Vicarious Visions planned on making Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and 4 remake before being absorbed into Blizzard. How are you guys feeling about the likelihood of Phil Spencer undoing this decision and restarting work on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and 4? Also, with the Tony Hawk series having a legacy on other consoles, PlayStation especially, if this project is revived, do you see this coming to PlayStation and other consoles? Cog, what's the read on this one, man? This is some heartbreaking news as they continue to fold studios into the Activision Blizzard machine. And um, now we have another casualty in the three and four remake for Tony Hawk, which was something people were really asking for after the phenomenal success, by the way, of the one and two remake. Yeah, I was very surprised to hear this. And when he broke down what the reasoning was and, you know, they had no one else to do it, didn't feel comfortable with anyone else outside of Vicarious doing, but Vicarious got absorbed and folded into just a support student. <sighs> like, don't get me started. Like, yeah. between Vicarious and High Moon, those are my heartbreaks. I love those teams, you know what I'm saying? And for different reasons, they made games that I, that I highly beloved. They even Both of those teams all, even worked on Destiny content, some of the best Destiny content mm-hmm. when Bungie was under the Activision umbrella. So, yeah, I, I, the question is, can they undo that? I don't know. I don't know. This is, it, they, they're in a touchy situation with that, active, that, that acquisition because not only now, was, it's so much mess just to acquire them. Let's be honest, right? Just to acquire Activision Blizzard is a mess, right? The FTC, this one's on you, this. You know, then we got to play nice. Oh, we're opening up card to everybody. So you got that. Then you get the finish line. You close the deal. Now you got to deal with the aftermath, right? Mm-hmm. Get studios folded in to just be card makers, right? Do we allow that freedom, right? I think they're in a... They're, not that they're in a tough position. They've got some critical decisions to make in a... But now we hear... Is, I heard Bobby. Is Bobby coming back? Did you hear? Oh, heard, what? Like, I, I saw something on my timeline. I don't know how much credence I want to give it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, until I get confirmation, you know, I heard that he was reelected as CEO by the board. So I don't know if that... I'm, me- I, I did see that. I'm assuming right. that that's just currently the standing Current. now right. and right. you know as activision is still technically it's independent technically not acquired right so yeah. I'm, again i'm not going to go crazy with that it's for but, another year so right so next this year is, when it's done see which leads into what i'm talking about so next year when it's done then you still got to let that man contract whatever and then go away and take his golden parachute and there's maybe a window with that then after that then you could go studios and say okay Hey, what do you guys want to do? And and then so it's still look. Sadly, the answer, short answer, I'm gonna say, don't get your hopes up just yet. Mm-hmm. Don't get your hopes up. It, that may be a long way away. But the only thing that is saving it is Phil is a fan of a lot of these games and a lot of these studios that got absorbed. And it gives you hope is when you hear things like Call of Duty's not going to be annualized, and you hear things that you know we want to bring back some of the old franchises. If that's the case, then Vicarious got to exist. High Moon got to exist or a new mm-hmm. form of it. And they rename it something else from the original teams. So that's my theory. Yeah, it's tough to say because 
you know, they clearly don't want to go in and control any of these teams. We've seen countless examples of that. So part of me is really struggling to believe what Phil said when the announcement of the acquisition occurred, which is like, oh, we're going to let them do what they want. You know, uh, there's free reign there, and maybe they will choose to abandon Call of Duty. But let's be honest, that's a big thing they're paying for. They need to maintain that. How much manpower is required to maintain it now? Now that you've created this beast that requires Vicarious, that requires Binux, et cetera, et cetera, are you able to extract them and say, like, you can do something and still maintain the big fish that you paid for? Absolutely. Good point. And I look at something like Fallout, not to turn it into that, but I do look at something like that where they haven't really built confidence as a fan of a franchise that clearly needs support in new ways. And I know it's kind of young in that partnership where I think you're on the right track of like, hey, it's going to be a while, if anything. Where right now, like, it would make sense to me, make a new studio to handle Fallout or go do some remasters. And I'm still holding that hope on the latter. But my point being is with some of the stuff that's been abandoned by Bethesda, they haven't really leapt in and done anything about that yet. Yeah, good point. So I don't know if I feel confident with Activision, if that'll be the same case. However, Activision's in more desperate need of restructuring. True. So maybe they do go more hands-on. It, it's We're all learning together. That's what's tough about this. We're all learning together. So it's it's effectively anyone's guess right now. I do hope they look at this, but you got to think other ones that, you know, Crash, right? Spyro. There's great teams like Raven Software who make excellent first-person shooters, and they also are responsible for some of the best Marvel games. Do you just let them make their own IP at this point? You know, what do you do with them? Mm -hmm. They're an important Call of Duty studio now. Do they want to stay in Call of Duty? Do they feel passionate about that? Because they did the campaign for Cold War. And I mean, that was great. Again, I highly recommend that one. And provided they bring that to Game Pass, you'll hear me recommending it. Like, it's a really, really good story. I loved it. Uh, So do they want to stay there? That's the thing. We as gamers want something. But do we know these studios want the same thing? I imagine... They want autonomy, creative autonomy. Right. You'd have to think so, but uh, you know, I don't want to assume too hard here. So, right. you know, my my faith is is middling in the middle here. I I think it makes a lot of sense why they would undo some of the decisions Activision made, but what's happened with Bethesda hasn't encouraged me that that'll actually happen. His other question, though, mm-hmm. is about if it does come back, does PlayStation get it? Oh sure. Uh, Tony Hawk. I say yes. You're probably right, but I'm a, I would be a contrarian. I'll say ah, you know what? Ah. that may be one of the ones they go. We won't get too much flack if we make it. <laughs> this is old because, enough. Look, People won't care. We gave you our card, damn it, and Overwatch and mm. potentially Diablo. Like. You got the major. Remember they like they, I think they use a, a slick terminology. It was like the major franchises or something like that. Yeah, what is major, what, <laughs> bro? That's that's political red tape. That's lawyer talk. Like mm-hmm. so, to me, that can a lot of that things can be classified different things. They, they, they may say, oh, you know, it's a, it's a good franchise, but you know, Diablo and and Card and Over, those are the we gave that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's going to be some. That are going to get that Starfield treatment, where it's like, no, you're not, you're not getting that. Like that, yeah. that that's us, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And yeah, I, I think it, something's gonna go. So I, that I'll, I'll, I'll guess. I'll throw my, my my hat in the ring and say 
if they if they were to do a three or four, they gonna try to keep that. I like where your head's at. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think it's up. it's plausible with what you're saying here, which is like compared to everything they're giving up. Right. This would be a, a, a minimal damage. I don't know. It sold like ten yeah. plus million copies, so it's there right. is demand for it. There's but demand. demand. Yeah, so that's why <laughs> lock it down if you can't safely. Some um, things got to be exclusive at yes. some point. Yeah, true. Something you know? of note. Yeah. You know, do, do you do that with Crash? Do you do that with Spyro? That's the Crash other thing. Crash gonna be interesting, bro. Mm, Crash will be really Crash interesting. Crash gonna be because I know for one thing, just the mere thought. I believe it was a big, big Twitter streets violence in the Twitter streets. I don't know if you saw this. I'm shocked. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Surprise, surprise. Twitter violence. Like, oh, um, I think it was the minute the announcement happened, Eric Greenberg put Crash as his as his logo on his thing. You, he knew what he was doing. So, Greedy, I it's love like, you. It's like you, Phil doing the Fall Boy. He know he knew how to torture my doing. soul. Yeah, they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And look. You, you, you're most likely going to purchase it. You're the, the head of marketing. That's your job. Go mm-hmm. do, have at it, right? So, you know, that caused a bit of an uproar. People saw, you know, Crash, the beloved Sony mascot. And there's a part of me that says they understand the symbolism of that. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you about the symbolism of Kojima. Look what happened. They threw mm-hmm. him right on that front. They didn't even came. The game ain't even ready. Get out there, and show, yeah. put on your Xbox jersey, and tell them what you yeah. did. <laughs> you signed the contract, <laughs> bro. We got you. Get out there and tell them what you're doing. So I think there's a symbolism to let people know. Crap, people can say fanboy was. It's 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 marketing for something they control. It's powerful, yeah. And it's powerful. And you want the guys that are on the fence that love these franchises or love Kojima and love Crash mm. to be like, oh, that's where I could play that? The new Crash mm. is coming over there? Guess what I'm getting? Mm. It's all part of the, 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 you know, it's all part of the thing, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that's what I, that's the one I'm looking at. We'll see what, mm-hmm. what happens with Crash. Yeah, I mean, with, it's funny because I come from the other side where with Activision, I'm not really expecting... I don't say I'm not expecting much, but I think Game Pass is going to be the big thing yeah, for yeah, this yeah. deal, right? I agree, and I, I you know, me being an old head, I'm just like, oh, what are you guys going to bring back and back and pat? You got to yeah. like get the old man back in for one last season and and, and add some games in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll be disappointed with that, but mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm looking to and and what kind of content they add to Game Pass. Obviously, we know the day one stuff will be huge for them, so. We'll see, but uh, mm-hmm. certainly the exclusive conversation will be feisty. Of course. It'll of be course. feisty. It always is. Dude, you see what Final Fantasy Remake just did. Dude, it's going to be crazy. Next summer showcase, I imagine, when they got a balance, I imagine the deal will be done. Activision, Bethesda, Xbox, everything ready. Mm. Oh, some of you call on this showcase an A plus. I don't know about that, but uh, next year's showcase, I look at that's Ooh, the one I'm like. Me too. You know, I was expecting a home run. That's why I wasn't really thrilled with this showcase because yeah. I think they went a little soft for what is supposed to be the beginning of a new era. I felt like more of the same. Like, okay, we're, 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 you know, we're waiting more wait, 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 for cool-looking stuff. But next year when things are coming out, things are ready to go, Bro. deal's done, we'll see what y'all are giving an A then. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see. And here's a question real quick. Um what do you call it? Do you still call it the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase? No, I think what do I you call, call it the like, Showcase? It's got to be the Xbox Showcase now. There's just too yeah, many Xbox, too many. Bethesda, and Activision. Activision and, <laughs> yeah. and Robert. I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 
Robert's back, y'all. We got him. <laughs> he's, he's making all the announcements. <laughs> ah, yo. That that would be a Vince McMahon move. I don't know if you saw what's been happening with Vince McMahon. Yeah, but my, yeah, yeah, yeah and he's been coming out on SmackDown and Raw, and he's like, we're in this together. And he just drops the mic <laughs> and walks out. Like, that's, that would literally be what, what Robert <laughs> Kotick would do. He'd be like, and Crash is exclusive on Xbox, and just walks out and just lets the trailer roll. <laughs> that would be a media disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Very Vince McMahon energy. Hilarious. Yeah, big time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, number three. A Final Fantasy renaissance is in full effect with both the excitement of the upcoming Final Fantasy games like Seven's remake, uh, Seven Remake's sequel, and 16, as well as the continued adoration of Square Enix's long-running MMO, Final Fantasy XIV. There's never been a more clear indicator of the franchise's modern success than all of the earth-shattering announcements that occurred during a stream celebrating the original game's 25th anniversary. First, Final Fantasy VII Remake's sequel, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, has been announced for PlayStation 5 with a slated release date of winter 2023. With the first remake launching only in April of 2020 at the start of a pandemic, achieving this would be a staggering turnout rate for Square Enix. While that is far away and not coming to Xbox, Square does have a treat for all gamers in the form of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. It is a remaster of the 20, 2007 PSP title featuring more voice acting, overall combat, new arrangements for the soundtrack, and much more. This is arriving much sooner during the winter of 2022. For something even closer, Square Enix confirmed that Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate is coming to Steam, and you can check that out now, as it was originally only available on the Epic Game Store. Kyo Kano writes in, Howdy, boys. It's safe to say COG will be playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth Day 1 on PS5, but what about Crisis Core Reunion? Is Square Enix playing the field, or is this something PlayStation let loose just for the chance to lure in more players for the Final Fantasy Re-Trilogy? Cheers, and have a ending to Crisis Core kind of death. Oh. Ooh, oh. that's foul, because I know that one. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. Kyle, where are you playing? That's a good question. That is a good question. You stay you know loyal to your PlayStation Nation? You know what? I don't know yet. I don't know because it's mm. so weird. It's like, because here's the thing. The reason why I don't want to commit just yet, I know Sony. They may have like some exclusive skin oh, yeah, yeah. or something right around launch. Because they, even though it's coming to the Xbox, right? How messed up is it to to play the core and then you can't do, you can't play what comes after the? Oh, let's not get into it. Let's not do. It. Anyway, oh, dude, PlayStation's playing 4D chess with this one. Oh my! Especially Lord. if Xbox does Day One Game Pass, it just works in their favor. People so, like, like, yo, oh, you played this, it, you like yeah, it, you want yeah. more, you want more, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, man, it's, it's a dirty game, but I, I ain't mad. Listen, I respect. Back to hustle. I, mm-hmm. I don't get mad when Sony does it because I, I think it's great strategy. If you're, if you're looking from a pure business, it's, it's just cutthroat and you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So I ain't even mad at it. But um, look, I'm going to wait. My gut was like, yo, just play it on Xbox. You 
play there most time. Your achievements are there, you know, that kind of thing, right? But there's a part of me that's like, yo, if there's some type of synergy or some type of exclusive deal or some type of thing that draws me, I might just stay over on PlayStation mm-hmm. and just keep it over there. So that's what it is. I'm just going to wait until release once we find out more about the add-ons. And then you know, the other thing, too, is let's just say they do some crazy collector's edition Sony thing that's old. Then that, bro, mm-hmm. and you know how Sony do with the physical sometimes? And I have my Jim Sakai mat. Like, I wasn't playing. Like, I'm getting... <laughs> Bro, if it's I like you and I like it, I'm getting all the shirts, the, the gear, the, all the geek stuff. Well, and, you know, until Xbox show me they're going to have, it's going to be parody on that level, too. Mm-hmm. That'll also be a factor. What about you? Where are you getting? Uh, yeah, I'd prefer to support it on Xbox personally just because of all the, the mission statements I've made. But I'm much it. like you. If they're offering bonus stuff, I uh, betray my mission and go get <laughs> go go get the goodies. You know how we get. Don't let yeah. it be no statues. I don't want to see Zach do it. Like, it's over, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully, Xbox, if you're listening, you can work that marketing part out too so that you get parity because then I'll, if, if, if it's complete parity, that's my answer, then yes, I will get the Xbox version to support it. Right on. Mm-hmm. So the main thing that I'm sure a lot of people want to hear sound off about is uh, what's going on with Final Fantasy VII for Xbox fans, right? Everyone was thinking the remake one would be here by now. They announced the sequel and uh, stamped a nice PS5 logo at the end. They announced that there's going to be one more game in the trilogy after this. Cog, do you believe that 7 is going to make its way to Xbox? Because I'm going to say it now. It ain't happening until the trilogy is over. That's wow, that's, that's how the game's played. It's a dirty game. It's a dirty just, game. It's just too late now. That, they too announced late. the second game, and they're just like, they haven't said anything. They're not going to give you the first game when the third game's coming out. It just doesn't no make way. sense. Yep. It's not happening. I don't. I, I will be stunned. Done. I'm not even upset. I'm just like, they've made it clear. They've made yeah. it clear. Look, and Xbox friend, listen, don't. This is the other thing I'm seeing on Twitter, and it's like, don't attack X. Like, you know, Xbox is trying to get that. Like, you know Xbox is trying. Like, with the strides they've made, this is a contractual thing. Sony's on the post. They were already ahead of it. We don't know how the contracts are written. They're very aggressive with either extending it or locking it down. And that's all it is. Xbox is just at the mercy of whatever this contract is. That's all it is. Because, I look, if you got, listen, put it this way. The fact that Crisis Core is on Xbox says all I need to know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It says all Xbox is trying because normally they wouldn't even get that. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Normally they'd be out the out the picture. They're getting it. So Square is the ultimate mercenary. They're the ultimate mercenary. Like, yo. So funny with uh like the Zach. game. Yep. Sword for hire, right? Cloud soldier. is a sword for he's a soldier for hire. That is literally Square's company mantra. Wherever's the bag is, you know, what he says the Barrett all the time. As long as I get paid. We mm-hmm. go finish this job in Midgar, and as long as we kill the reactor, as long as you gonna pay me, right? Yeah. All right, cool. And I'm done with you. <laughs> That's, he, he's Cloud. He's the physical representation. The cloud is square eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not literally. It's so funny you say that. Yeah, I um, I just can't see it heading over. And uh, like at this point, it's it should just be Xbox's mission to get everything but. Yeah, all right. It, unless it, it should be everything but just because if the only thing stopping you is contracts, then that's it. That's business. But if you have the option to get it and you haven't, that's a whole other problem. Uh, yeah. But you know if they've got Crisis Core, they're trying to get Remake. And I just don't think it's going to happen, right? And mm-hmm. 
It is what it is. It uh, is what hopefully it is. they can make Lost Odyssey too and make PlayStation fans wish they had an Xbox, maybe. That would be yeah. cool. Look, man. You're going to get the trilogy when it's all complete. Mm-hmm. When Sony yeah, feels it'll it's... it'll come once it's oh, done. Yeah, when Sony feels it's not relevant no more, then you get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to that Destiny Taken King energy, that D1 energy that all us Xbox fans had to deal with yeah. at the time. It was, it was rough. D2 came out. It's like, hey, here you go. It's, uh, the contract's over. Yeah. Go play the old system. What? <laughs> and Dude, by it'll be a, yeah. a new Final Fantasy, the new hot, hot, hotness. And everybody mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we, we did that. <laughs> Dude, it's, and the thing is, is it's not just seven. It's 16 is going to be exclusive, it would seem. Final yeah. Fantasy 14 is not on Xbox because of a quote shortage of resources end quote one of the biggest white lies of all time they're trying to let Xbox fans down gently like oh if we had more resources as we keep Square Enix afloat individually uh, we would make this Xbox version it's clear PlayStation has wisely identified that after Final Fantasy 13 and its trilogy that did not make fans happy 14 initially bombing 15 showing out really strong at first but it's long-term conversation got sour yeah that they they had a feeling things were about to get hot yeah, yeah. obviously not just a feeling but they looked at the games and they're like we want these things right yeah. final fantasy 7 is so deeply tied to the original playstation so it only makes sense with that but now they're seeing with the series picking up steam with 14 with 16 they've wisely invested and we can only hope xbox is taking out the notebook seeing what's going on here Again, working to get every other game that's not contractually withheld from them onto the platform, building up Game Pass, building up xCloud, and eventually, as I we talked about this in DDU, working it backwards, where yes. I think the final step, maybe two years from now, start getting those exclusives like the 360 gen, yeah. right? That's, I think, the answer. So I'm sorry to say, Xbox fans, Cog and I stand in unison. Yeah. We, we ain't getting Final Fantasy yeah, 7. Yeah. Yeah. Go get your PlayStation. If you really want to play the game, you know, say, go, if they go do it, it just would completely again surprise me. I just like yeah. it, it. Just feels like the timing has now with the sequel being revealed and it's only showing PlayStation has completely. It's, it's yeah. no longer another opportunity to announce it. Yeah, the last chance we thought if it wasn't on the Xbox stage, the announcement, the last chance was this 25th anniversary event. And once I saw that single logo, that was the statement I needed to see. Yep. They are they are keeping that association. And, you know, salute to them. That, that's what you're supposed to do. It's warfare, man. It's warfare. <laughs> it's war. I love that. <laughs> Number four, Dragon's Dogma 2 is real. On the game's 10th anniversary, it was confirmed during a celebratory stream by the game's director, Hideaki Itsuno. He also said that they'll be sharing more details on the game in the future. But for now, all they can say is they will be using the RE engine to create this game, which you have seen in action for both Monster Hunter and Resident Evil games recently. Cog, are you... Uh, I can't see you playing it, but are you a Dragon's Dogma guy at all? No, you was the one that put me on, right? You was mm-hmm. like, yo, that, I joined like fire. I was like, I'm in this new... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, whatever's going on, I'm in. I, I like what I saw. So yeah, you, you've got me. Shout out to my boy Kaibatsu. He's a huge... Dragon's Dogma fan. He's always been telling me about Dragon's Dogma. But yeah, once I saw this too, oh no, no, no. We we are in. I want to learn all about this. I want a part of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm in. You ain't yeah. got a dang and romper force me. 
<laughs> yeah, this game is is great. I, I talked about it a lot. I think that yeah, because I remember the mechanic I got you interested in was the pawn system, where you could like upload I your companions to the cloud. I like that. Yeah, they would see things in the open world, and and they'd make remarks about it, and you could get other people's pawns. It's so cool. I am so thrilled to see this be real. The announcement a little soft because not only did they have nothing to show, but they had an opportunity at the Capcom showcase and to show it off. And instead during the Capcom showcase, they're like, we're having this stream on this day. And people are like, okay. And then they announce it there. And you're like, okay, dude, sure. Why not? Why not? I guess Uh, on the exact anniversary, I suppose days later, but it's real. It's happening. I think it's quite exciting. And uh, it's one that I highly recommend people pay close attention to. I imagine we will see it this year, uh, probably a 2023 launch. But uh, this was a game that was on the NVIDIA GeForce Now leak list. One of the greatest leaks of all time. Dude, it just keeps delivering. It keeps delivering. There's games on that list that also look great. And it's just can remember when they tried to say, that this was going to be a fake. They were just yes. like, it's not true. Not true. Yeah. I mean, what else are they going to say, right? But just, it's so funny now looking at it. Just, Yo, it just the amount of games that have been confirmed, they're like, no, 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 no. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a coincidence. These just happen to be all announced within I a can't. year. Got to save face, but this is the blueprint. This is the Bible right now. Everything is, is, is coming to pass. <laughs> I've revisited it after like every confirmation. I'm like, what else we got in here, right? It just keep going back to it. So it's yeah. a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I believe on that it said it was like a 2022 game. I don't think that's going to hold true. But uh, they had a choice back in 2019, they revealed, between doing Devil May Cry 5 and Dragon's Dogma 2. And they went with DMC 5. So it seemed like this was obviously already the next step for them. And uh, the RE engine continuing to show its flexibility. Uh, very impressed by it. You know, they did Monster Hunter games, which... There are some similarities between Monster Hunter and Dragon's Dogma, but Monster Hunter, Resident Evil, and, and now we're going to see Dragon's Dogma on it, which presumably will be an open world game with a lot of ambitious AI, is going to be really, really nice to see. So I'm excited. Not much else to talk about there unless you had thoughts on it. Oh, shit, baby, but I'm in. Hell yeah. All right, number five, coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. June 21st, day one, you get Shadow Run Trilogy on cloud and console. There's also Total War Three Kingdoms on PC Game Pass. Then June 23rd, FIFA via EA Play, FIFA 22, comes to console and PC Game Pass. And as Cog had mentioned, June 23rd, you also get Naraka, Blade Point, Cloud, Console, and PC. July 1st, Far Cry 5, Cloud, Console, and PC. Yeah, Far Cry 5 can get a thumbs up for me. It's still like a Ubisoft game, but I said this in my video about it. Have you beat this game? No, I'm waiting for this. I wasn't buying it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I was like, I was waiting for that. I knew when some point it's going to yeah. come. Yeah. <laughs> this ending is insane. Really? It is one of the craziest endings I've seen in a video game. No My exaggeration. Okay, okay. It okay. is It is like, I, I would argue in some sense it's worth the ride because it's just so fucking insane to me. I, I just, I'll Ooh. say, I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, John Carlo def- was was outside. He was okay. No, mm-hmm. no, John Carlo was inside. He was he, <laughs> he was making Far Cry Six, and and that was not a good game. But <laughs> Far Cry Five, at least it had some redeeming qualities, even if it was just the Ubisoft game. There were some things about it I did enjoy. Okay, uh, but yeah, that's all coming to Xbox Game Pass. Quantity or quality over quantity, it would seem. Uh, anything here besides Naraka Blade Point catching your eye? 
Yeah, for a far cry, of course. Um, Shadow Run, you know, you know, there's a lot, a lot of history there. And then Total War is a big get. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a big get. I know it's PC. Expert, the console goes. You brew it. You do it. Listen, we know how the strategy in RTS go. You gonna have to wait. You know how that go with the with the ports. We know. But um, this is actually a pretty solid week, and you know, FIFA mm-hmm. like yo, it's 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 actually a pretty solid one. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. completely. Not a ton of games. But they've just added a bunch of games recently, so mm-hmm. the list is going to be a little lighter here. But I, I like what I see. Definitely interested in Shadowrun, but uh, with everything mm-hmm. else coming out now, I don't think I'll get to any of these games. But uh, definitely an appealing list for sure. Absolutely. Uh, number six, our final beat on the news report. Tom Henderson has reported that EA is set to reveal Skate sometime in July. So for those of you who are upset about what's going on with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and 4 Remake, do have some type of skateboarding content to look forward to. Uh, this was announced, I thought, way too early, but yeah. are you excited to see more of this game? I actually am. Um, one of uh, one of the team members that we know, uh, the Lord's know uh, personally, um, Dan McCullough, he went over there to EA. He was a former um, Xbox Live Network admin. He was the guy oh. that ran Xbox Live and went and he chased his dream to make a game. So, yeah, he's part of that team. I think he's, uh, he's heading it, I believe. Um, so I'm very curious. Like, uh, like it, it was one of those, you know, I think a lot of times a lot of these guys in uh, different aspects of, of development or hardware or, or infrastructure, they do have that dream to still make a game. Mm. And this is one of those joints. So I got to support, man. I got to see what he's doing. I want to see what flavor he brings to it. Shout out to Tom Anderson, who, um, you know, who broke the news or whatever. You know, yeah. been getting some uh, tea leaves for him. He was in on, on IOP chat. So salute to him. He actually gave us some, some props. Oh, nice. like, oh, wow. Yeah, very cool. I was like, wow, I didn't know. He, he'd be surprised who listens to you. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. really cool. But yeah, now this one I got to support. You, you learn that with the Twitter follows. Like after Defining Duke episodes go live and you see who follows you, you're like, oh, you yeah. listen. Bro, same thing. I was like, Gene Park, I want to shout him out too. It was another yeah. one. Like, yo, like I had no idea. You know, it's like, it's so cool to be able to com- com- converse with, with people like that and, yeah, you know, to sure. support what we're doing. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see this game. Uh, the first skate just holds such a special place in my heart. Played it so much. So I, I know I'm of the unpopular opinion that I love the traditional, like, closed-in camera, kind of like intimate skateboarding experience. Okay. No getting off your board, just... Oh, tricks and okay. skate films and I, mm-hmm. I like getting sponsors i love that whole game okay. man from top okay. to bottom the, the open world feel of it felt like the environment was very mm-hmm. believable too like you know this is a city but you can skateboard within it rather than like in every other skateboarding game ever made where they're like this convenient ramp that's set up here will let you launch off in over a river if you go fast enough it's like okay uh so i'm hoping they go back to their roots but i know a lot of people love skate two and three way more so fingers crossed we just see something great nice nice yeah definitely man i'll support that gotta support dan we've had him on iop before and now he's what i was looking right now he's the vp and gm of full circle working on skate oh that's a big step up from xbox live let's see we might make a call see if we get him to do oh yeah yeah i mean because you i didn't know you was a big skate guy like that oh dude yeah 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 i used to skateboard all the time man Let's see if I can uh, make some calls. Get, get that was my thing. Yeah. Do a little ultimate action. I would love that. Yeah. yeah so many so. people have yet to set things up with us. You know, we yeah, have so we gotta many. Finalize. Like, yeah, we got to finalize. Yeah. No, it's not even us finalizing. It's people yeah, finalizing back. back. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. insane. Like the amount of game, uh, uh, games or uh, conversations we've been trying to have with people that are like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're interested. It's just like, I think there's like six now of, of people just like, 
hanging in limbo. It's like, will we get them on? We shall find out, but we don't want to tease too much because I'm sure a lot of them will fall through. Okay. Game pass and back and pat pick of the week. I'm just going to mute my mic. So here we go. Mm. Here we go. Let's get it. What's the feel? What's the vibe? Yeah, there was a game that uh, was omitted from my what we're playing section because had to talk about it here, about the the must-download experience of the week on Game Pass. It's TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Of course it is. So not only have I willed this game into Game Pass on my very own, stamping the yes, definitely, this will be at the show, and it's got to be a part of Game Pass. The green and green just makes too much sense. The six-player co-op action just reeks of Game Pass. The Dotemu partnership with Streets of Rage, it's all there. So yeah. This is willed into existence, and it's everything you could have hoped for and more. To all my TMNT arcade fans out there, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. I have the uh, arcade, yeah, right, throw them at the screen. I have the arcade booth out in the hallway. You can't see it, unfortunately. Legendary. I have so much respect for you for that. Oh, dude, I love it. So it's got Mm. the 87 arcade game. It's got Turtles in Time, and Turtles in Time, is one of my most replayed games ever. It doesn't. That's not saying much. It's a f- like forty-five minute to hour video game. But uh, I used to always go over to my friend's house after school, and we would just run it through, run it through, run it through, over and over and over. I love Turtles in Time, man. Sorry, what's up? Favorite turtle, sir? Raphael. Oh, you're ref, man. Okay. Yes. Okay. What about High you? Power, power, power. Donatello, man. Of a, man okay. Yeah, I like that. Intellect. The bowl, the distance, you're the, intellect. You're the calmer he's thinker the of the two of us. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I like Ralph. Ralph yeah, next to you. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. So, of course, I picked him when playing Shredder's Revenge. And this is literally the Turtles in Time sequel that we have been waiting for, the spiritual successor, if you will, that we've been waiting for for a while. It's an excellent arcade beat-em-up, 16 missions. Takes you about two to three hours to run through the game. Not too bad, but there's a lot of replayability in here. Of course, just the the music bop into that while you're beating up baddies is already good on its own, right? It's a fun arcade beat-em-up experience just on that alone. But there's a progression system, a light one, if you will, that as you complete objectives and you beat up baddies, you get points and you unlock new moves as you go through the game. So different types of super attacks and things you can do with the environment. Really fun, cool stuff there. But... Cog, just as a TMNT fan, I cannot emphasize on the gaming front how ungodly starved we have been for something just good, by the way, let alone amazing like Shredder's Revenge, right? Like we've got the 2012 show with its tie-in games with Secret of the Ooze. We got games that I thought were ambitious that I liked but clearly didn't nail it like uh, TMNT out of the shadows. Mm. You got these tie-in movie games like the 08 or I'm sorry, 07 movie. Uh, the list goes on. You, you got Mutants in Manhattan, one that fucking burned me so bad. I've played that game four times just because like I can't accept it still. <laughs> that Platinum Games I did know. this. Platinum <laughs> Games, man. It was a perfect match of Platinum Games and TMNT, and they fucked it up. So there's a lot of baggage coming into this game, right? It's a bigger deal than y'all realize that they nailed it, that they got a really good game here. Wu-Tang Clan has appeared, Ooh. Cog. How are you feeling about that? That track, that Ray and Ghost joint. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said it to me. I was like, oh, I was like, oh it's on. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, they're they hitting 
all the feels, all the right but like literally when that joint fired up and it was the the cartoon intro mm-hmm. and the song hits and I'm singing and like I literally was transported back to my youth. I'm like, this is why I love this thing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's, 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 it's the journey. I mean, little things too. Like, um, I remember the NES version it didn't have the co-op. It was a complete, completely different port. It was not yeah. no turtles at the time. It was so different. But like they would have an overhead map with the turtle van and you would go. Yeah, would yes. So yes. I was like, it was just. The, 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 I, I didn't make that connection. Oh, bro, yeah. Good call. The little nuances, the, the tension, the detail. And then you just, you throw it on. And then I'm going to be honest, like, you know, one thing as a Streets of Rage guy, like, shout out to the first, let me give the tempo these flowers on, on mm-hmm. a technical level. Because as much as I love Streets of Rage 4, Streets of Rage 4 is a Amazing. Mm. One of the best soundtracks. They bought the Legend Yuzo Kazuro back. They had the new guys, right? But one of the things I had upset was, I was like, fam, how y'all going to debut a four-player mode? But you ain't got no online four-player mode. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I looked at terms, I'm like, if not, they could have had that same networking energy. Yeah. And not only did they did four, they did six. And I'm like, oh my God. Then... I got to call him out again because Kyle got to play fair. Mm-hmm. One of the other problems I had with Streets of Rage 4 was, remember, we always on PC Game Pass neck. PC mm-hmm. Game Pass, you ain't been playing right. You've been living foul. You've been advertising <laughs> things that ain't true because I had the PC game. Shout out to my boy Ainsley Bowden um, of Season Gaming who Colin um, was a good friend of mine and I had um, him go on. Colin interviewed him. They did a show on Sacred mm-hmm. Symbols today. Colin really likes him too. Nice. And um, yeah, like we had him on and we're Streets of Rage guys. Sega kids, right? So we like, yo, and at the time I was on PC. So I was like, yo, I'm on PC. You're on Xbox. Let's do the Game Pass PC cross play. Bruh, we mm-hmm. couldn't even get this thing to work. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get a match on Streets of Rage. So or immediately the first thing I did Call my boy Petey. Shout out to Snaldo TV, LordsOfGaming.net. Said, Petey, you on PC? Yes. Because he's, he's a Master Race guy. He's not a console guy. He's a Turtles guy, right? Mm. So he's like, all right, cool. I jump on Xbox. Seamless integration. Yes, sir. Fixed it. I'm like, this is what I'm... This is the marriage from PC Game Pass I'm expecting all across the board. No yeah. hitches. Seamless. We're playing and we're just having a rough man. They did it. They did it like yes, uh, on every level. I just like the fact that they could run. The turtles could run and, and yeah, do the double tap. Yeah. I'm like, this is so hot. I can move around. Yeah, you can super, oh, listen. I can't wait. We got a stream with the Lords. I got to promo a little bit. The uh, reason mm. why I didn't go hard, I know you probably beat it. Oh, Saturday. We're beat, gonna do I beat it three times already. Oh my God, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because Saturday, I believe, um, you know, we go Saturday afternoon. We're gonna do all the Lords. Child, we're gonna try to do the six player joint, mm, stream nice. it on the channel, get ready. Because that's the reason why I, I want, I'm like, damn, I want to play. I want to beat this. I don't want to mm-hmm. stop. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I gotta you play with myself back, yeah. holding myself back. But I was getting my Donatello flow. But continue this game. Yeah, they did it, man. Great yeah. game pass. Game. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it's funny. I just came hot off of saying I think Sniper mm-hmm. Elite Five was like the best third party day one drop they they've had. Mm-hmm. Now they got another one. It's been a really good run for them. This is a, a perfect marriage of everything you could ask for, I think, in a in a Game Pass game, right? Like the revival of a long-demanded IP, high-quality game, popular 
IP, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well known. Very popular. Yeah, right? Something people absolutely at its fair price of $25 would be willing to pay for, you know, really making cr- crossplays exclusive with Xbox and PC, by the way. PlayStation and Nintendo don't have that. I, I kind of was upset to hear that because I want them to experience yeah, like, that. I think it's of... like, you know, it's six players, man. If everyone just had it everywhere. Yeah, like, be I cool. don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But it just shows that I think that was one of the probably the key pieces to this deal happening was like mm, yeah. crossplay, right? This yeah, is cross progression cool. too. Like I, I uh, tried it on PC for a playthrough, loaded up on my Xbox for a playthrough. My progress was there for Raphael. He was level ten. Nice. So yeah, that that's there, and um, I think that nice. was a, a leading reason for the deal happening. Yeah, probably, probably. so. Probably so. Last thing I want to say, I want to give the Timberlake flowers because you know it takes a lot for these companies to trust beloved franchise with historic you know the lineage the history to trust them to do this game right same thing with sega to trust to make it an official secret this is the spiritual sequel to turtles of time on every level you know what i mean yeah Yeah, they did it they did that man i'm so proud of that team uh you know i'm interviewed a lot of those guys Mm -hmm. they they, they, and you know what you're gonna like about them when you interview they're truly passionate. They played those old games. They oh, you know. Can, you, you can, can tell. tell. You can tell this is a studio of Turtle fans because I feel as a hardcore TMNT fan, I would only catch this is when you pick Raphael, not only do they bring back the original 90s voice actors for a lot of these characters, but when you pick Raphael, he goes, what now, fearless leader? And it's like yes, such so a nice, nice callback to the first TMNT live action movie that mm-hmm. I don't think is really an iconic line. Maybe it is for other people. Ooh. I didn't register as an iconic line. For me, as someone who's watched that movie dozens of times, like, you know, our fearless leader. You know, that <laughs> always comes back to me. So I hear, I'm like, oh my God, they did it. So yeah, just, yeah, the amount of fan service, the amount of pixel art, by the way, is a huge oh. pixel art fan. Like, there's just so many different things happening. You got to remember, this isn't like on a 3D game level where you have like an animation skeleton set and you can just yeah. attach it to a model. Not that it's that simple, but with with pixel art, everything's got to be hand-drawn. Everything's mm-hmm. got to be individualized. So the foot ninja laying on the bench, Yo. you know, the, the, the monkey asleep on the rock with the banana peel on his head, the, the one on Coney Island where yes. like the foot ninja's dancing behind the... It's just, it's, I, you know, they just... Had so much fun with it. You could they tell that they, they they didn't put a date on it until it was ready because they were just they could they kept adding personality to every yes. level. No repeated backgrounds. There's just so much love poured into this game. It's excellent. One of the best Game Pass games to date, if not the best. But that is my fanship speaking. Uh, but this is a 700 megabyte download. Mm-hmm. If you have not played it, give it a rip at least. It's give a, it a rip, wonderful yeah. time. So much fun. On that other note, we have Adam Johnson writing in with a separate Game Pass Pick of the Week. Hello, you beautiful Duke boys. I have a recommendation for Game Pass Pick of the Week. After watching the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, one game's art style caught my eye. That game was Obsidian's Pentiment, and its 2D painting aesthetic got me thinking about another game I had seen but tried on Game Pass, The Procession to Calvary. I downloaded it, and to my surprise, it is a very funny point-and-click game straight out of Terry Gilliam, Monty Python sketch. It's not a very long game. It took me about four hours to finish, so it respects your time. It also has some of the best comedy writing I've seen in a game for a long 
for in a long time. And it works especially if you can imagine the Monty Python cast doing the lines of dialogue. This is another case of if it were not for Game Pass, I would have never given this game a second glance. And it's been one of my favorite games I've played this year so far. Have a, I just got an achievement for spanking a bishop kind of day. So yeah, yeah, for all you Pentiment fans, give me uh, a look. Yeah, you looking at it now? I'm looking at it. it. It does look very Monty Python energy. It looks hilarious. I can tell this game is funny. Like, there's certain things about it that I can tell. Look, I'm warming up. You know, I'm still, I was in my, my emotional feelings of what I envision Pentiment to be. But um, look, man, I, I know it's going to be good. And, and, and at the end, you know what the also game kind of throws me into that uh, vibe that I completely, not that I misjudge it, but when people told me about it, it was good. And we talk, I, I wanted to make a game pass uh, a pick of the month, but I think you guys did it during the Carrick era already, which is um, Yes, Your Grace, mm. where it's this point click. I think I did that, yeah. Yeah, bro, that, I love that game. That game is amazing. It is so well written, so underrated, so much depth to it. Then you just think it's some simple point and click joint. So like, that's why I said I, I, I'm, I'm going to fall back on going in on Pen because I know it's going to be great with Sawyer behind it. That was all. But yeah, these games have a place. And, and when you give them a shot, man, you'll see the magic behind it. But yeah, I, shout out to Adam. That, that looks good. I got to check that out. I didn't know about Precision to Calvary, Precession to Calvary, and I, I'll definitely check it out. I'm looking at it now. Mm -hmm. oh. I love with the art style. You don't like Body Python? You don't like oh. the energy? Pentiment. Pentiment. <laughs> pentiment. Come on. Pentiment. Pentiment. Okay. You want his pentiment. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Five final questions to wrap up the show. Pen and Pant writes Shalom Dukes. I recently started playing Persona 4 Golden on my Vita and I'm loving it. I blew through the castle dungeon so fast I didn't realize an hour passed. Do you think we'll get physical copies of recently announced Persona games? What do you predict will be the next big JRPG on Xbox? Have a, my croc influence has spread and will reach everybody soon kind of day. Yeah, Pen and Pan's been fighting for the crocs and he's reached king it seems. Yeah, the croc contingent is getting a little too loud for my liking. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Persona. Um, hmm, physical copy? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. I, you know, not that I don't want it. I just, older game, you know, like if it's Persona 6, you know what I'm saying? And then they announce it, then we'll see. But I, I don't I don't know if we're going to get those because those are older. Those are straight into a service. You know what I mean? It's like, so I, I personally can't see it. Then to his question, um, the next big JRPG. Are we alive for another um, Dragon's Quest yet, or is it too soon? Dragon Quest, I know they... I think they said it'd be a while for Dragon Quest yeah, 12. I feel like it's, yeah, the one last one came out. I don't know. Let me, I, uh, I can't, yeah. let me look this up real quick. Sorry. Yeah. No, Go you're on, good. But... You're good. No, I just think that... um, I don't know what the next big JRPG as far as um on Xbox, but the point I'll make is it better debut at the same time as everybody else. That's that's the key to this whole thing. Because to me, the investment in a Persona series shows that you want the franchise, you want the lineage to be associated with your console. And if that is the case, when the new iteration comes out, you better be there day one. Even if it's not on Game Pass, you better be there day one. You cannot have no six months later <laughs> and then you're a part of it. No, 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 no. That, and I think, to be honest, I'm not worried about it. I, I really, I think it does, unless your name is not Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm -hmm. I think for the most part, 
we're in a new era with Xbox, which we said uh, defined a new ultimate. I think that is literally what's happening here. They're, they're setting a line in the sand. This is we're in this JRPG bag. Yeah, on the physical game front, I I was trying to find it. I could have sworn I saw something about the PS5 version getting a physical copy. I don't know about Xbox, though. You know, with Day One Game Pass, maybe it's not a priority for them. Wasn't a priority for them with Halo, so clearly I'm not expecting much with uh, Persona 5. I hope so, though. I think it would be really cool to just see that have that yeah. be able to buy that yeah. um so i think again i think it's going to happen because uh, it is in a way like a re-release for current consoles and they're doing it for switch as well uh so i think it's pretty important they they put this back on store shelves and print some copies for these new systems to let people know it exists there uh but we will see i'm pretty sure it's happening though as for the next big jrpg i mean let's stay in line with the conversation i'm just gonna you know i mentioned on ddu like I want to believe. But if I were to put my finger on like the big one, it's like Persona 6, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like it may not be the sexiest pick. Like you might be already expecting it. Some of you may be more confident in me. But to me, that's the one I'm like, have we set the standard? Or are we just catching up? And I would love to see 6 be day one on Xbox, right? Not Game Pass. That'd be cool too. But like just their day one alongside yes. everyone else. Yes. That's what I'm that's hoping for one. moving forward. Mm-hmm. So right. to me... I'm hoping one day they'll just wipe that way that question mark of like, can we expect it there day one and, and move that forward into the, the next era, which is like, will they do Game Pass? Like maybe Soul Hackers too. You know? Mm. Putting that up mm. putting that up in the ether. Gotta mm. remind people of that bold pick. There's still some time, right? Yeah. We're still working yeah. on it. Still working on it. <laughs> Let's go, man. Jamie Anderson's our next write in. Question for the lads. Am I jaded or is current gaming just not hitting like it used to a few years a few years ago? Everything feels so safe and boring. And if it's not that, it's trying to take my money with battle passes. I am at the point, if 2023 doesn't bring me out of this rut, I might have to think about taking a long break to refresh. Have a keep getting hyped for months only for it to be delayed with no release date kind of day. Is Jamie jaded? And it's funny because in this question, we also have one about you know, the positivity of gaming, our favorite year. So it's it's going to be a fun stretch of conversations here. Uh, but what what do you think? Is, is it a is it a bad gaming climate currently? Um, I don't know if it's a bad gaming climate. It goes back to my earlier statement. I don't know. Shout out to Jamie. I like this question. I don't know his age. I don't know. But I know how I can, I'm feeling. And I listen, I, I do have my grizzled, grumpy, you know, uh, it's one of those again. Uh, another open world. Ah. Uh. Mm. Here come another battle run. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do get in that mix. And I'm gonna be honest, what how what saves me though, this is why I go to the PAXs, the E3s, the GCX, is the indie scene. The indie scene shows me, yo, this is where it's at. These guys got the they pulse on the finger of what's going on. Even the cops agree. <laughs> what happened is they like, yo, talk that talk, yeah, Indies, Indies. <laughs> they gonna go cop some Indies right now. While they put out the fire. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the thing about it is that you see the risks, you see the creativity. Mm-hmm. They set the trends. They're doing the new things. You're like, oh my god, your game has this and this, and you're doing that. Mm. That's what. And then what ends up happening is when they catch fire. Then the big boys copy, you know what I'm saying? After they get signed, you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. Give more indies a shot. 
you'll be surprised, man. You'll be surprised. A lot of different games. There's a game I want to give a shout out. I don't know if I ever shot it out on Duke. And you know how I like turn-based and all that, but this is more of a management. There was a game that I used to go crazy. Oh, shout out to Mama Micah. She she loves it too. She's the only person I ever heard mention this game, and I thought I was alone. It's called This Is The Police. This game is a wild written game. It was like a, a cop management thing, but it was absolutely hilarious and some of the most boldest choices and you are this corrupt cop who's getting squeezed by the mob and and like you got to make tough decisions and you try to play both sides but then you're not trying to go to jail and you're not trying to get killed by pissing off the mobsters that you in bed with that you know bro it's crazy love the game but again these are the type of games that you're not going to see on the mainstream like that right you're not going to see in the triple a space because the money and they want to make definite investment so yeah that's what i would say jamie start giving these indie games a shot you'd be surprised man that's that's where it's at to me yeah i i completely agree i was thinking about you know what i'm playing now after reading this question by jamie and i realized that you know i really have been playing a lot of jrpgs lately and i'm like you know i wonder why i'm like i i've said i'm on a kick but i think it's because you know, outside of the indies, I feel like Japanese gaming culture has felt still lively, inventive, not overly safe. You know, every JRPG I've played in the last 12 months has felt entirely different. Like whether it's big ones like Tales of Arise, really shooting for the stars with a brand new engine or something much smaller like Trails from Zero. It's like, you know, there's there's so many different pockets and they're inspired in different ways that I've, I could feel them in those projects. And the indies, I mean, we just raved about one. As TMNT is a big name, that's an indie studio, Tribute Games, who developed that. It's a small team. Uh, So I really feel like, you know, I'm completely aligned with you, Cog, that uh, there are some gripes. You know, I don't like that physical games are kind of fading out. I'm a little more up on games just because in some ways, I think like now's a great time to be gaming. Um, I think with Game Pass, oh yeah, you know, I, again, I, I think about when I'm in a kid, when I'm in high school, no money at all. Oh, talk that talk. And you had something like Game Pass, Game Pass that's just feeding then? new, even new-ish games for a while. Yeah. Let alone now, new games. I mean, I, I, like I'd be all over that. Right? I am yeah. all over it. But I'm saying like that. I I don't lose that perspective of, you know, now I'm fortunate enough where like I've made a living off of this and I can go out and buy my games and play what I want. But this time I couldn't. And I just feel like I don't want to lose in in the picture of a great luxury why gaming is also great. And Preach. there's very frustrating aspects of it with the NFTs. And that's that's where I get sour. NFTs, this metaverse stuff. Mm, not, not your bag. I respect not feeling it. it. And I respect it, it. It can exist if it wants to, but if it starts to overtake the creatives that I care about, yeah, that's where I would that. get Jamie energy and be like, nah, I'm okay. I'm going out for a little no bit. No uh, so, you know, that's why I've really enjoyed these JRPGs and indies as of late. And um, usually, as many people know my taste, like I'm a Western RPG guy. Like I'm playing the Bioware games. I'm playing the Bethesda games. And I'm playing everything pretty much outside of puzzle games. But you get my point of like what I'm gravitating towards, generally speaking. But I've sort of faded into more of the creative bag and you know i'll just say this not to ramble this is the last part of it all but uh you know working on a game i guess i liked it i i feel more interested in seeing you know how creative people get and now having my hands a lot on a video game engine 
knowing what I know and looking at what they've done and kind of seeing through, seeing reading between the lines a little bit on like how they maybe accomplish something going like, oh, that's really cool. Like, and it just makes me appreciate games more as a medium. So um, that's my personal experience. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think you're, jaded behavior is wrong, Jamie, but I think there's some positivities here. If you're not looking at live service and NFTs, you might find some really cool stuff in the indie scene. Absolutely. Well said. Agree with your points, especially the Game Pass and a younger generation like myself. You know, I remember, man, like sometimes you had to make tough decisions. You only had a little bit of money. You only yeah. had money yeah. for one game. And it's like, okay, yo, Maddie, what are you buying? Okay, I'm buying uh-huh. this. All right. And then you had, it was trade. Like that was how it was. So if you had Game Pass, now you're not left out. Yeah. Right. So all the homies are playing. Hey, okay. We, I, I got it too. I got game. Okay. You mm-hmm. see, it's a different era and, and these kids can benefit from it. Exactly. 100%. Mm-hmm. This one's for you, Cog. It's a question. Ooh. Another explanation required for you, just like the outside one. Peter Gorski <laughs> writes, Good day, Dukes. Longtime listener, first time writing in. My question is primarily for Cog, but Maddie, feel free to chime in. In recent weeks, Cog has referenced on both DD and ILP that some people may have begun to address him as Lord Acquisition due to his many positive opinions on gaming acquisitions. I was wondering if we could definitely hear Cog's thoughts as to why, or definitively, sorry, hear Cog's thoughts as to why he is pro-acquisition so that any time this question should ever come up, again, you guys can reference this episode instead of having to thoroughly answer it again. Keep making one of the best gaming podcasts out there and have a, I woke up scared that I was late for class even though I graduated seven years ago <laughs> kind of day. That's that's some special type of hell you're in, my brother. <sighs> Cog, why do they call you Lord Acquisition? Lord. Why are you pro acquisition so to speak so it's your time to take the stage defend yourself sir you you're for consolidation in this industry what's wrong with you bring it together bring it together here's the thing thing. yeah listen man we 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 have to again we have to change and adapt right And, and as older gamers sometimes you know we we get antiquated with our thinking and it has to be one way right and i get it we're used to the norms things are changing right before my eyes and i'm a person i'm a realist i am not a person that's going to get overly positive you know what i'm saying like everything has to get because every every day but at the same time i'm a realist like the games i love are made by the studios i love and right now these games cost way too much money to make and if you bomb you're out of here you don't get a chance at a sequel. You don't get a chance at a lot of these beloved games. So my thing is, provided you you do your due diligence, like uh, a Fergus Marquardt with Microsoft that time, right? With Obsidian, he's shopping, you know, the um, Obsidian around, and he's like, "Yo, I heard things that yo, y'all trying to force, you know, the old Microsoft try to force connect, try to force all these things on people." And he he talked to Moyang, "Hey, how does it work for you guys? Are they, mm. There's the tendrils in, you know, kind of thing. Even forget Microsoft right now. Even people are making the, you know, what deals with Embracer and stuff like that, right? You know, and they they looking at the environments. Now, obviously, not every environment's a good environment, right? We mm. we know about sure. Tencent outside and things that they do. But the reason why I say all that is this: Let's go back to Xbox. The reason why I'm Lord Acquisition is because, one, if your future model involves Game Pass, one, you got to have a diversity lineup of games, right? You have to have a bunch of genres that's going to appeal to different people. Two, you need studios to create these games. You need studios to keep going through the pipeline. Three, look at what happened this year. Now, people, I hear the whole mismanagement talk and how did they not know? But the reality is they had their bet on Red, Redfall and Starfield dropping from Bethesda Studios. It didn't happen, right? So 
We have to be real. These games take long to make. Maybe four to five years on top of that. And I know people act like it don't exist, but there's a pandemic going on. I know people act like it don't exist, but there's a war going on. You see what's going on with Stalker 2? Right. Mm-hmm. There are real life things preventing game development in a quick cadence. So if you have this four to five year cycle, right, the way I look at it is you need more studios so you don't have to rely on just two or three. Every, your whole Bethesda save us for 2022. You could have had some other people drop some stuff. Why do you think they're so hell bent on this Activision thing going through? They know they're going to get content once it's complete acquisitions for Microsoft is important because you need to fill the gaps. If your goal is a quarterly release cadence of games and remember, think about this. We we are assuming in 2023, we know about the first six months, right? Mm. But we're assuming Avowed. We're assuming Hellblade. Mm. We don't know. We don't, anything can happen. Yo, they just, they want to film the other, Hellblade was, Ninja Day was to film, they have problems filming the other side of Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bro, Senna was thing, you know, remember, she's like the person doing everything. Something happened to Senna, and now we, you don't know, game development can change. You gotta stockpile. Why not? Let's get out of this antiquated thinking that it's not supposed to happen, because here's the last point I'll say. Look at what Sony's doing. I love it. My beloved Bungie who struggles to make content, right? Struggle. Sony has looked at a deficiency and said, yo, we don't do live service. We got that hashtag just one. We got that. But when it comes to this engagement, Jim Ryan ain't stupid. When it comes to this engagement <laughs> and these multiplayer, y'all can laugh at Destiny. Y'all can say, I know who's in the top 10 of most played games on Xbox every year. And it don't move. You know what I'm saying? So as much as the hardcore gamer don't like it, because the hardcore gamer, the problem with us is that sometimes the things we like doesn't sell. <laughs> sometimes we got to require on this one, yeah, bro. We got we we like yo support the dev and the, the masses ain't supported that. So that's it. That's why I'm with it. You know, pin it in the bucket. I know people. You know, are emotional. And, and, and listen, I get it. You have to make the right decision in the studio. Not every bag is a good bag. I've said it that too. You know, it's just that I'd rather this than the alternative. Could you imagine if Persona and all these games and they go away because there's no one, there's no Sega. Di- like, bro, these games could go away. I, I'd rather them stay. That's where I'm yeah. at. Lord Acquisition out. <laughs> Dude, perfect line of defense in my opinion. You know, I think you acknowledge everything that there is worth acknowledging on the negatives while clearly stating why you you want these things to, to occur. And I think just as a business, people need to kind of accept that uh, even if you're not for it, that it's going to happen because there's just so much money to be made in the next like half a decade. So much money to be made. Gaming is super profitable now. And if you've been building up your company for a while and you're making great games and you have the ability to cash in on all that you've built and walk away with a nice payday. And what we've heard in some instances is that it's easier to make games now because you've got more money. You're going to do it too. It's the it's the same energy that YouTube sponsorships have. And it's why I'm about to like pull the plug on my whole like no game sponsorship thing because at times I'm just like, who the fuck are we appeasing at this point, right? And it's, it's the same energy. It's like, 
I can't trust you. You took money. It's like, bro, I'm making a living. It's the same thing. It's the same thing here with this. It's like, well, you're for consolidation. It's like they're making a living, man. Like that is that is money that is making games better in some respects. And it, you know, I'm I'm here for it in the sense too. Like I, mm-hmm. I of course, not every acquisition is good. You said that too. Of course, too. of course, of course. And we want creative freedom. We want them to yeah. still be able to do the yeah. things that they're able to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, and of course, we're gonna see without a doubt. Like one of these days, you'll get a ten cent acquisition of something pretty important to the industry, and you go, ah, shit. And then they'll come to you, Cog, probably, and be like, you for this too? You for this too? <laughs> We've all had that. We all dreading the company that you don't want to acquire in your company. Of course, we, we dread it. And, and, and that's where, you know, the moral dilemma lies, right? Where it's like, are you going to support it? And that's the thing. We get it. But I'm not, I'm not stupid in to say that, like, yo, I'm putting this hard in the line stance that I am not going to do. Because, bro, they're going to have that game. That you like. <laughs> That's the question. You not you tell me you're not gonna play. I'm not gonna lie to myself. I know I'm gonna play. So mm. that's when the moral dilemma is. And it's just everything we're in a time where it, it is gray. There is gray. We can't ignore it. There's gonna be some choices individually that you have to make personally on whether or not you support or not. And I respect either side of it. But this like fear mongering, you know, we gotta I, I, listen. Until the, unless you can prove that on your own you're self-sustainable, by all means, then stay it. I will support you if you can prove it. I just don't want you to go away if you yeah. flop or something. That's all. Yeah. And we kind of see that situation maybe happening with Platinum, who's had a really rough couple of years, yeah. <laughs> and they're begging to be bought, yeah, to yeah. be purchased. And I mean, I think more people would be sad if they went away. I think it's a yeah. perfect, reasonable, realistic example of like, hey, this company that made Bayonetta and Astral Chain, yeah. and beautiful, wait, not beautiful, Joe, sorry, the wonderful 101. Wonderful 101, yeah. So many cool games, and Bro. they can just peace out. Oh, yeah, like I'm surprised Sony ain't do that. That's the thing that's surprising me. Like Sony didn't jump in. So something, I don't know. It's a weird situation, I mean, bro. bro. They, let's just be honest. The stuff they've been putting out lately, yeah, I love Platinum. They have, no, they haven't been, there's no longer the ABC team anymore. It's just been the C team all throughout. Put, put them on a prove it deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we thought maybe that would be what uh, uh, Scalebound would end yeah. up being, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. come on, come prove it. We'll bring you into the family it. if you do this right. Yeah. So maybe they'll get that. Uh, but I, I hope I hope they don't go. So yeah, that's Unblock an example me. you can think of. Unblock me, Kami Hassan. I interviewed you. I don't yeah, know why I'm blocked yeah. now. <laughs> I'm blocked because I got hyped. He tweeted Astro Chain too. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. bro, I love you. Like, he's so funny. It's, yeah. This guy is hilarious. Casper <laughs> XBL writes in next. Greetings, my lovely Dukes. The other day I was sitting upon my porcelain throne taking care of business and as all great minds do when taking a dump, I pondered life's greatest questions. Specifically, I thought about when was the best time to be a gamer. I thought about all the years I've been gaming and instantly thought about the year 2007 and how many games came out at that time. Bioshock, Assassin's Creed 1, COD 4, Portal, Mass Effect 1, Uncharted 1, Halo 3, and of course, the world-renowned game of the decade, Lego Star Wars, The Complete Saga, just to name a few. My question to you boys is, when do you believe was the best time to be a gamer? Or when was your personal favorite period of time in gaming? Thanks a lot. And I hope you find gentlemen have a, I just finished dropping the kids off the pool, but I'm out of toilet paper kind of day. Hey man, that's a brick wall story coming back. That's I've been there. That's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, you got to do the baddie, man. You got to hide behind it. <laughs> yeah. 
The grass is your friend, Casper. Bro, I salute you. That was some MacGyver makeshift. Like, I, I, I respect it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. you got to survive out there, right? I respect it, man. I'm learning. Um, shout out to Casper. Yeah, I, I, I'm with him on, on, was it 2007? Um, that's amazing. Like, Mass Effect 1, Portal. Assassin. See, I like the old Assassin's Creed. Huh. When you used to be in the shadows and you... You're moving through the crowd, and you know what I'm saying. And you got mm. Bioshock and COD, bro. Modern Warfare. When it that's I was hard. a world at war guy, so oh, okay, okay. Part of me for uh, yeah. not being enthused. I respect you. I respect you. But for me, Modern Warfare made me betray Halo for a little bit. Yeah, he's talking about Halo okay. Three. Chris Raygun's favorite game of all time. Yeah, like. It's, just, it's a hard one. Now we all got our own personal years and stuff like that, but that, it, that's a, that's a tremendous. I remember that year. That was a tremendous. Life. But I am curious since Maddie is very resistant right now. He's very he's pacing. <laughs> I know something's coming. So Maddie, uh, um, where are you with the greatest year in gaming for you, or time period in gaming? Yeah, I, I originally when I saw this question put it in, I was like, oh, I'll look it up and have my answer prepared. But I'm like. Eventually, you're going to start to see years where, like, you've played games years after it had come out, and then you're just going to rate the year on its own, right? Instead of, like, what did I live through and go, like, this has been an amazing stretch. And I always go back to 2013. That was one of my favorite years of gaming. Okay, break it down. I think of that trifecta of Bioshock Infinite, The Last of Us, and GTA V. That was hard. Yeah, that was right? hard. That, that was, hard. I don't know if I can think of any other games that year, but those three, like I always go back to and go like, man, that was such a good time. And I think of other games, like I think DMC, Devil May Cry came out that year, the Ninja Theory one, which a lot of people hate. I love that game. That it game really is good. so good. Again, I don't remember if that's 2013. That might be 2012. But that game is way better than any hate it ever got. That is such a fun video game. Might be my favorite DMC game. I'll just throw that out there. Oh, wow. But, that's big. Okay. You know, I think I think a year is like, this might be a hot one. 2020. 2020 delivered. Persona 5 Royal. Okay. Doom Eternal. Mm. Neo 2. Okay. You know, fun remakes like Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated, God, so Ghost so of Tsushima. Oh, hold on. You got my attention. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I just feel like there's been some real banger years as of recently. You know, you really want to go full weep. 2017 was insane. Weep, weep City. Let's go. Yeah. Near Automata. Danganronpa V3. Here, Here it comes. Persona 5. Wow. My, massive. Tales of Berseria. Oh, another one. I mean, dude, That's there's strong. been some good years as of recently. That's, That's why I'm strong. not down on gaming. There's been some strong years. And the first half mm. of this year, I shouldn't say the first half of this year was strong. There's a lot of stuff I didn't like. But I'm hoping next year could be one of those years. So, I mean, I could I could pick out a bunch of them. But if I was to pick ones I've lived through, those are ones that really do stand out in my head Is like, that was a fun year. Like, it just kept delivering. The most recent one being 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake in 2020? Ooh, Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was strong for me. I love 2020. Wasteland 3. 3, yeah. Yeah, 2020 was nice. Mm, 2020, 2020 was nice. 2020 was mad good, bro. Mm-hmm. 2020 was mad good. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, of course, 2007. That's another great one, right? That 
Absolutely. has been fully detailed for us. Uh, so this has been just a, a lot of fun years, a lot of fun years. Um, mm -hmm. But those are some that come to mind for me. Last question of the show. This is something I've thought about a lot. Jason Hunter writes, hey, y'all, there are a ton of great indies on Game Pass with more coming every month. Do you think that they tried to leverage crossplay with Switch a little bit more? I started playing Fall Guys, and it'd be great to carry over my progress no matter what platform I'm on. I could see this being useful with RPGs as well. Thanks, Jason. And I was thinking like how nice it would be to have just a save that could ebb and flow between consoles, because I've been playing TMNT, right? So that goes back and forth between Xbox and PC, but I bought it on Switch too. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't think I, I wasn't going to bring TMNT to the spa with of me? Course, Come on now. When course. I was in the spa and club, I had to bring TMNT for that late night let's, activity. Let's go. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I wish I had my progress from that. I know. You know, I, I wish I could bring it over, but uh, unfortunately I couldn't. So what do you feel about this, Cog? Do you think in a future, like they've teased so much about the Nintendo Switch in the background. That's got to be Ugh. after the Samsung TV. Now that we got the partnerships with the TVs in motion, mm. I'm predicting that the oh. next target is Nintendo. Maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Do you think that this is maybe in their future? I mean, it's been teased, hinted so long. And it's just like, yo, what is going on with this relationship? You know, we still remember we saw it on the, that switch on the back of Phil's shelf. Yeah, in a was, production set, too, with Sarah Bond. It's come like, come on. Like, come on. We know what's going on. So the only thing I could think that could potentially hold it up is probably maybe they know an eventual switch upgrade that, you know, is going to happen and, and it's going to have a better network capability so that they can, you know, mm -hmm. facilitate. Because remember, these newer TVs for Samsung are the one that's facilitating the app. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe the tech, maybe the agreement is in place. Like it's like a letter to intent. Mm, but uh, we ain't waiting until, you know, you know, I love my letters to intent. You know, so maybe they're waiting. You know what I mean? So that, but to his, to Jason's question, yeah, this needs to happen. Like, you know, it was good to do it in MLB The Show. Like I got MLB The Show on Switch to test and you can do your progress and stuff like that over so that's cool but yeah like i remember having streets of rage I'm like damn i don't have all my unlocks i don't got my suits i'm like uh you know what i'm saying and the switch mm -hmm. is the perfect game console to be able to do cross progression with and then just take it out and go because again unlike some like some people are not gonna be able to do x cloud everywhere right so you want that localness of the switch to be able to take that on a plane and maddie in the spa you know what i'm saying getting <laughs> manny petty on you know what i'm saying oh, <laughs> doing, just a lot of hot baths a lot, a lot of hot, hot baths, baths you know what i'm saying yeah. you, know, you got your switch chilling so and for me i am the king of the either the doctor's office dmv mm. you know anything where it's oh long wait yeah. Oh, thank you. Well you know taken care of. Yeah, yeah. No problem. That's the type of time I'm on. So yeah, mm -hmm. like this needs to happen. I want more progression in these games. I think that that's great, and it's ultimately what Xbox should want, based on their vision of putting you everywhere they are, they're at. So absolutely, you're at. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we'll see how they maybe figure that out. But I thought it was yeah. a great question worth asking, and that's everything we have for this week's show cog another yeah. one in the books another one another one a smooth concise light and concise but good the, the lsm was in the building they, they, they brought it they brought it this episode yeah, yeah. like the questions was, was all fire man yeah i, I love the art where we going where we going we just going what we doing mm. trying to think of some major conversations we had because this week was like comparatively speaking to what we've had lighter yeah it was so definitely lighter 
So, because mm. I don't even know, like, for those who don't realize, like, most times when we create these episodes, I typically don't have a label in mind for it. I just let the show speak for itself. Yeah, like, we just let it go. Yeah, I'm like, what's the main thing we talked about here that I want to label the show around, whether it be news or whether it be, like, the questions. Mm. And, uh, and this is one of those where it's like, there's not, like, a main Major. central point. Yeah, right. right. I mean, like, we, we had conversations, but. Uh, we had conversations. I felt on TM, TMNT, we really went hard for TMNT. We ran mm-hmm. off of TMNT, but I know like to hold the whole joint, but it's up to you. It's up you me. know, we had a lot of, if you really wanted to encapsulate our conversation, I'm getting mm-hmm. to my title back here. We kind of talked go. about the state, if you will, of mm-hmm. the exclusivity for Xbox in 2022 and what's yeah, to come yeah, yeah, and what's delivered. Yeah. I kind of like where you're at though with TMNT, like TMNT DD just sounds right. It's the moment right now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's what what the passion is right now, and yeah. it's a huge get for them, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to, me and King wanted them to promote it more on their own showcase. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I agree. So, yeah. Let's do TMNT DD then. TMNT DD. So, go, ladies man. and gentlemen, you got this deep in the show. You want to let us know your thoughts? You can go over to Twitter. I'm at G27Status. That is at Lord Cognito. Let us know your thoughts with the hashtag TMNTDD. You can click on it and read other people's thoughts as well. It's something that uh, you can engage in every week if you'd like to. Otherwise, if social media ain't your thing, comments on Patreon, comments in the video. Again, hashtag TMNTDD. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. With that, Cog, any closing thoughts you may have, sir? Another fire episode with the Dukes. Another one, man. This is fun. This is fun. I'm very ready. We got more stuff coming, more things cooking. I'm excited. Absolutely. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, take decent care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week for episode 78 of Defining Duke and Xbox podcast. Peace out. Defining Duke and Xbox podcast is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the United States of America. The show is conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Maddie's co-host is Barry Lord Cognito Eversley. Defining Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level on Patreon, and we're thankful for your kindness and generosity. Casual Misfits Gaming, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLDFMA, Daniel D'Amour, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Malachi Wall, Dave Cowell, Donald John Vader, Stephen Interfield, Lord Starscream, Jacob Donovan, Eduardo Perez, Salty Trees, My Name is Mayo, Logan Byford, GJ, Eddie Medina, Jason R. Zahn, Christopher Knock, Zeno Adam, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Nuclear Prostate, Sorta Serious Gaming, Colin Farley, Mark Arnold, Zia Parrix, Henry Groth, Relentless Rex, Tristan Palacios, Drew Mullen, Graham Plays, Christian R., Jad Reed, Benjamin Mumma, Patrick Skipper, Brian Hernandez Espinoza, Chris Kelly, Remington Wilson, Dustin Graff, Peyton Stone, Jalapeno, Josh Hallen Rui, Michael Buffel, Dan Root, Asak Parides, Talisman, Christopher Morgan, Randall Halsey, Robbie Nauman, William Holbert, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Betty Ann Moriarty, Daniel Johnson, H. Tronge, JT, Antonio C., Jay Getter, Assassinated Devil, Bjorn Campbell, Andrew Morgan, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Jordan Gale, of Fortuna, John Zeal, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Alex LaPierre, Saul Balcazar, Brian White, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Alex Bolton, 
Bolton, Matt Flowers, Kinnums, Joseph Baker, Bustard, Rodney Coleman, Cruxes, Chris Moore, Caswell, Anti Kinnanen, Chris, Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Justin Gonzalez, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Zach Allen, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naiman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., David Bostick, Stewie 108, Patrick Montgomery, Simon Dunbar, D.B. Cooper, Fat Houdini, Richter 86, Ian Bravo, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coates, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Carlos Algorit, Dominic, Mike Menzel, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Josh Yeager, Martin Beck, Gavin, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Lou and Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, Dylan Burns, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Tom Quinn, Anton K., Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bellow, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, The Rose Experience, and Grizzled Veterans Media, Tyler Goodwin, William O'Carroll, Jorge Powell, Max Cannon, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Joey Gondoliger, Gerald Pennington, Justin Payne, Justin Wagaman, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Andrew, Keith A. Lewis, Ashley Carlson, Marius Carson-Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Carper, Mad Mock Media, and Jonathan Rice.